the shrimp are in formation and they are about to parade, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the sixth episode of the Shrimp Parade, also known as the Tri Podcast, also known as Old Men in Snow. Uh, I don't know how many other names we've come up with, and people have tweeted at us, but uh, those are the those are the three uh, front runners, front paraders at this point. But I think Shrimp Parade probably takes it. I still don't know what the hell it means, but <clears throat> I guess that's the point, right? This episode is brought to you by three uh, new sponsors, some of them. Uh, we've been lining up a bunch of sponsors lately. Thank you, Mandy. Mandy, shout out to Mandy for, for taking care of this for me. It's really great. Um, first sponsor, pay, t- pay close attention to this one, folks, because you've got a two-week only 20% off on all your extreme restraints, any extreme restraint need you have, you need to handcuff someone to the bed, you need a harness, you need a thing to wrap around your balls or whatever it is that you need involving, you know, S&M toys, sexy stuff. Go to ExtremeRestraints.com, put in the code SPRINGSEX at checkout and you will get 20% off for two weeks only starting today. Monday, May 19th. So if you're listening to this far in the future, um, you're out of luck. Uh, or maybe if they sponsor me again, listen to a more recent podcast and maybe you'll hear it. Anyway, extremerestraints.com. They've got anything you could possibly need. Check out the site. There's a lot of stuff on there. Woo. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff on there. Um, you know, not for the uh, the uh, vanilla among us, but I don't imagine I have an awful lot of vanilla listeners. So if you're not vanilla, uh, check out ExtremeRestraints.com. Spring sex is the code. 20% off for two weeks only starting today. Uh, audible.com. Man, they, they do these audiobooks, right? So here's what you want to do. You want to go to audibletrial.com slash sexadon you will get a free audiobook. Uh, I think it's a 30-day free um, uh, membership. Even if you cancel at the end of that uh, 30 days, you keep your book, right? So you can pick any book from their, their massive collection of books. And uh, 30 days free, check it out, whatever. You're not into it, cancel, no problem. Um you know, if you're listening to podcasts, that means you've got time to listen to stuff. That means you're selective about what you listen to. You're not just listening to, you know, some fucking radio, blah, blah, blah. You want to learn something. You want to meet interesting people, interesting characters. You want to go somewhere in your imagination, right? That's what the podcasts are about, as far as I can tell. So if you're listening to them, you're already someone who's directing your attention and trying to take advantage of this time you're spending in your car, sitting at your desk, wherever you are right now as you hear my voice. I you know, I don't want to pull your attention away from the podcast. I you know, definitely want to keep you here, but I also want to uh you know, let you know there you can you can read some classic books, you can read great literature. I was looking around the site earlier, and one of the books I would recommend is The Unbearable Lightness of Being by Milan Kundera. It's a fantastic book. Very interesting insights into the way men and women think differently about sexuality, about relationships. It takes place at a pivotal moment in world history, uh, Prague Spring, when the 
everyone sort of thought the Americans were going to protect the Czechs against the Soviets. And there was this uprising of love and freedom at the end of the 60s and and possibility and all this wild historical stuff going on. Meanwhile, Tomas is is in a situation between a woman he who really gets him, um, Sabina, who really understands him and allows him all the freedom he wants, and they have great sex, and she wears this sexy bowler hat, and they fuck on a mirror and all this stuff. And Teresa, who needs him, who's vulnerable, who makes him feel... Uh, needed and 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 protective and and anyway he's caught between worlds both the worlds of two different kinds of women two different kinds of relationships two different political worlds fascinating one of my favorite novels of all times of all time um anyway that's on there get it get it for free listen to it check it out if you don't like it if you don't like the service or it's not worth it whatever you can always cancel after uh, 30 for 30 days no um no charge. Okay. Lastly, my package. M Y my package. P A K A G E, not C. Now, I talk about monkey balls a lot, but today I want to talk about human balls. Here's what happened. Cassie and I were downtown Portland. Went in. We were waiting to have dinner with some friends. We went into um, like a camping store, you know, outfitter kind of place. Uh, to kill some time, we're looking around, and I saw this underwear there. Now, I am not into underwear. Since I, I was eight years old, my kung fu teacher told me never to wear underwear and always sleep in the nude. I took him seriously. I've been going commando ever since. But occasionally, you want to wear underwear. You're wearing, like, sheer pants, you know. You don't want to get any piss dribbles. You know, you want to have some um, plausible deniability if you, you know, if you, well, I don't need to get into all the situations in which you might want to be wearing underwear. Gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. What are your balls worth to you? Do you love your boys? Of course you love your boys. So here's the thing. I put, I, I saw this underwear and I'd been just like a week earlier talking to Casilda and I said, man, I, I should design underwear because I want underwear that will hold my balls, right? But not like get all gathered up and weird and uncomfortable and all this stuff. All I want is like a little, you know, ball support. And um, lo and behold, I see this underwear and it's like got a pouch sort of on the front that your junk fits right into. So it sort of like cradles your junk. It's perfect. It's fantastic because most underwear, it's just, tight pants which let's face it that's not comfortable this stuff is really nice material very well made um and the way it's designed there's like a almost like a cod piece looking pouch in the front so your junk just fits right in there and it just cradles your junk it's fantastic anyway my package p-a-k without the c with, yeah, mypackage.com. Uh, the code is sex, S-E-X. Now, here's the thing. The first 10 people starting the minute I upload this podcast, which will be at about uh, 11 a.m. Monday the 19th, the first 10 people, uh, Pacific time, the first 10 people who place orders will get a free pair. Uh, 
which is up to $50 value depending on, on what, you, uh, what you order. So the first 10 people who order something from my package, mypakage.com, code word sex, will get a free pair. So jump on that. All right, and the last thing I want to promote is my sort of sub-podcast called Talking Out My Ass. I've put up, um, there's the first episode's free. You can check it out, see where I'm going. You know, I explain what it's all about. Second episode um, is, I'm doing it sort of chronologically, roughly chronologically. So I started high school, first girlfriend, yada, yada, yada. That's the first episode. Second episode is... The first time I went to Alaska, leaving from upstate New York, headed to Alaska, um, I meet this guy on the way. He tells me an amazing story about his life, and uh, then there's a pretty, a pretty uh, impactful, let's say, fishing story. He catches a hell of a fish in Alaska. So that's the first episode. I'll be updating that uh, probably you know roughly twice a month. Uh, the way it works is you pay 20 bucks. It's subscription only. So if you know, it's not, um, if you don't want to hear me yammering on about my travel stuff, then, you know, this is not for you. If you do, you pay 20 bucks and you get them all. So that's, uh, I send you a secret code and you get them all for uh, 20 bucks. So there will be at least, you know, assuming I don't get hit by a bus, there will be at least two a month for the next year or so. Uh, it'll take us through prison, teaching self-defense to land reform peasants in Mexico, some crazy drug stories, India, Nepal, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, and other places I'm forgetting right now. Shamanism conferences in, in the Alps and all these crazy friends I've had over the years. So anyway, if you want to hear those stories, uh, it's at my website, chrisryanphd.com. Just look at podcasts and you'll see, uh, this podcast tangentially speaking there. You'll see Toma talking out my ass. And you'll also see the tripodcast where you can listen to previous, uh, their links to previous episodes of this podcast series with Duncan and Joe. We do it every uh, it's a round robin thing. So one one month it's uh, like this month it's on my podcast. One month it's on Joe's. One month it's, it's on Duncan's. But I've gathered links to all of them uh, on my podcast, so you can you don't have to go search for them on the various websites. So that's it. Let's get into this sucker. Uh, <laughs> pretty crazy conversation in which I really uh, maybe this is an age thing but it it was explained to me that motherfucker is no longer a negative in English it's now a a very nice thing you say about someone hey you're a motherfucker you're a hell of a motherfucker i guess that's that's become a positive thing i don't know what it's like you know bad became good and up became down and hot became cool and i don't know what the fuck's going on anymore but uh i hope you enjoy this conversation i had a hell of a good time with those two guys, as always. I think you'll hear that. Baby, what's the big deal? Feel what you wanna feel. Say what you wanna say. You're gonna die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day. Why do you waste your time? He's cool. 
cool as fuck, man. Okay, he's he's awesome. too cool. You don't want to do a commercial in front of Stanhope. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Makes your balls suck into your... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get the retracting penis. Yeah. It's felt weak. You know, that's, a, that's considered eyes. a disease. It's called Cora. In, in Malaysia and Africa, there are men who believe that they're uh, witchcraft can make their penis disappear into their body. And that's why they burn those witches in Africa still, because they think that they've stolen their penis. It's called Cora. It's a culturally defined disease. Anyway, it's that time of the month again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with my two favorite boys. Hi. Joe and Duncan. And uh, first, let's start off by uh, congratulating Joe on 500 motherfucking episodes. You shouldn't congratulate it. Just sort of... See if you keep doing them, it gets to 500. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. That was like, that was like such a, you know, an old person. You know, like, hey, 80 years. Like, well, you just stay alive. You'll get to 80. You know? That's kind of how it is. Don't congratulate I, I try not me. to make things grandiose. Yeah. I, I try to suppress any uh, notions of grandiosity. Grandiosity. Anywhere yeah. it comes, just shut up. Oh, it's, it's nothing. Bad. It's true. And yeah. you let it start, it'll grow like a tumor. You well, know? especially a podcast. It's the goddamn easiest thing in the history of the universe. It's amazing that people listen to these fucking yes. things. I agree. <laughs> I yes. agree. And but it's great. And do you guys prepare? We were talking about commercials and shit. When you guys come to this, do you prepare? Do you have like a list of things like, oh, we could talk about that? And it this? depends entirely on who's on the podcast. Like uh, last time Louis Theroux was on the podcast. Oh. That was the last time I did a solid eight Maybe eight hours of preparation. I watched a ton of wow. his documentaries. Good on you, man. He's worth it. He's. Did you yeah. see his L.A. Stories thing? The no, three I part? haven't. I haven't. But oh fuck, is that I, good I, I television? Pl- he's great. Um, but I I did it not just out of respect, but because uh, once I started in the rabbit hole, it was really compelling. I mean, I I, I knew of the guy's work. I knew of him, so I was super psyched to talk to him in the first place. Yeah. But uh. I think part of the reason why he came on was because uh, he uh, keeps getting told by all these people to do the podcast, and he was like, you've got like a little cult going on over there. And I'm like, oh. And he's into cults. Exactly. I'm (laughs) like, well, if it's going on, I'm not running it. It's just it's on its own. You're like that the was really dis- disappointing, like the Buddha, right? It was disappointing to him. <laughs> right. You know, I think he wanted me to be a crazy, tattooed up, jujitsu cult, ju- cult leader guy. But I'm yeah. like... Yeah, not really interested. When Good does it become a cult, Joe? Becomes a cult when you start telling people what to do. When you uh, like name it, that's a, that's when it becomes a cult. When it becomes a thing that someone has control over the other folks in it, and like, mm. if we ever start gatherings, that's when we got a real problem. Okay, I know we've thought <laughs> taught about doing that, like yes. one of those gathering the juggalo type things. Uh-huh. That's where shit gets ugly. We kind of already do with the ice house. Those ice houses are yeah. basically juggalo gatherings. That was fun. I went to a show there. Yeah. That was the best fucking night I've had in years, man. Those crowds are amazing. Both you guys were on. I don't remember yeah. everyone else. There were like five dudes. Mm-hmm. Ari was there that night. Yeah, we um, we do them on a regular basis with some of the best comics in the world. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's amazing. That club is first of all. That club is from the 1960s. It's right. the oldest running comedy club in the country. The, in, in that sense, it makes it the oldest comedy club in the world. Because wow. right. America is where stand-up comedy started. Right. I know the Europeans listening to this don't like to deal with that. But you just is that true? To. It just started face here? It. Fuck yeah. Face you know who the original stand-up comedian was? Aristotle. Mark Twain. <laughs> 
Mark Twain was the original American stand-up comedian. Really? Mar- yeah. Apparently, Mark Twain would so, go up and he'd do these speeches, and they were fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, so it, what it was, there's an American tradition of public speaking. Emerson, Thoreau, those guys used yes. to travel the country giving talks. and, and Right. So Twain just sort of went from that, slid right into making it funny. I quote Twain a lot in Sex yeah. at Dawn, a lot, probably He's more incredible. than anyone. He's incredible. And, you know, you got to think that when Twain was doing this, I mean, he, this, was, this was groundbreaking. Yeah. Like, and he bought, obviously played off of the backs of all the public speakers that came before him, just like we have from all the comedians that came before us. There's no, like, real original and in, 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 incredibly unique mind. There, it's yeah. a combination of all the other people it's that a, were there But before. a very strong sense of humor. But an incredible yeah. sense of humor yeah. and insight into his own flaws and follies. Yeah. And I think that's part of what made him a great— He was self-deprecating. Yes. Yeah. He, was a, he was a comic. You know, yeah. he was, I, I mean, he was probably one of the originals and he's one of the guys whose stuff, like if you read his writing, it still resonates. I mean, do you think about what Huckleberry he had Finn. as references? Yeah. Yeah. And the comedy, I mean, Huckleberry, the pro, I taught literature for a while, right? Did and, you really? Where? Yeah. Well, when I was an undergrad, I taught, when I was a senior, I taught younger undergrads. Wow. And I've, you know, various places, various situations, but. You've lived a fucking crazy life. Cool life. Well, Huckleberry, what I was going to say is that the, the big mistake that people make in literature and studying it is not getting the jokes, right? Right. And right. especially with the so-called great books. Right. Moby Dick is a fucking hilarious novel. It is so full of, of like, homophobic kind of freakiness. Really? Oh, the, the first scene in the book is he's lying in bed naked with a cannibal named Queequeg. That's, like, the first scene in Moby Dick, right? And then they're hugging each other because it's cold. And really? Then they, and then they're, like, on the ship a couple chapters later, and they're all whale hunters, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're sperm whales sperm whale right so and what they do is they get all the sperm which is this like mucusy shit out of the head of the sperm out of the whale and they have it in these barrels and there are globules of it floating around it's all fat right because they used it for powering lighting in the 19th century right right? before electricity so the thing is all these dudes are up to their elbows in the sperm barrel squeezing sperm globules and they like feel each other's hands in the sperm and they start <laughs> squeezing one another's hands and then they're all holding hands. And then there's the chapter called an, uh, uh, The Cossack where you, it's like all this sort of formal language, but you realize it's like a two page <laughs> chapter and you realize a page into it that what he's describing is like a guy who has skinned the penis of the whale. <gasps> Fleshed it out ah. and put armholes in. So it's like the cone of the whale's dick is on his head and he's got his arms through the holes and he's dancing around. And oh he, my he calls God. him an archbishop prick. Wow. Whoa. That is so from... weird. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the thing. And Huckleberry Finn, it's fucking hilarious. The I shit need in to that read book. Moby Dick now. I'm f- I want to stop this podcast right now. <laughs> I need to read it too, man. <laughs> It sounds crazy. I never would have imagined. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Herman Melville was great that way, as was Mark Twain. So, okay, you, speaking of the wilderness, Duncan, you are back from the great beyond. I got to tell you, man, when I was up there, I was thinking about Chris Ryan's idea that the civilization is ruining everything. As I was sitting up there staring out over the ocean and realizing that this is as good as it can get. Sitting there with my dog and just staring at the ocean. Just, just my dog sitting there. It's the best. So undeniably beautiful. And not just that. There's something about nature's beauty, about like seeing something like a mountain or seeing trees or even flowers. It's, it's, 
it's it's a it's humbling in some weird sort of a way. You know? well, I think it relaxes the psyche to see yeah. living things. Yeah. You know? I get that. I'm in Portland, right? And it's, especially this time of year, you walk down the street, there's life everywhere. Yeah. Everything's in flower. Green. Green, like different shades of green, all growing and thriving, and it's got that vibration in mm. it. And then you, you go to a city where everything's dead, concrete, direct, uh, what's the word, uh, square angles, right? Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it, it, it wearies me. Yeah, what about the desert, though? That sucks a that one too. The desert, uh, the desert. desert's great. Desert's beautiful. Lamoab. It's beautiful, but oh yeah, well, there's cool structures in Joshua the desert. Yeah. Just yeah. flat desert, like Death Valley. Yeah. I could do without. Yeah. Death Valley's creepy, man. I had a car. I was I was actually broken down in my surfer cousin's van in Death Valley on my way to Vegas to speak at a swingers conference. Oh my god, what a mistake! <laughs> mistake, uh, mistake, having a mistake. It was, it was the first. It was. This is a funny story, actually. I'm working on my PhD on uh, uh, human sexual behavior in prehistory, right? And I'm writing the PhD, and like everyone who writes a PhD, it's such a fuck because you do all this work, and it's like three people are going to read this, right? Only because they have to. Your, your your committee, and then it'll just disappear, right? So I'm writing this thing, and like everyone else, I've got this fantasy that somebody will actually give a shit about this thing I'm writing. I send it in. Two months later, I get an email from somebody saying, Professor so-and-so sent me your dissertation. It's most interesting. We'd like to invite you to speak. All expenses paid at a conference in Las Vegas in August. And it turned out I was going to be in L.A. anyway. So I said, yeah. So Cassie and I uh, borrowed my cousin's van to drive out there. But the point is, it was the biggest swingers conference in the world. Oh, my God. Right? So that was my first public speaking experience. Wow. That's as, hilarious. As a doctor. Yeah. That's hilarious. It was like me talking about sex in prehistory with my PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> the room next to me was uh, like fisting demonstrations. Oh, that's important. Wow. You got to learn how to do that. <laughs> they don't. A lot of people do that wrong. They, they don't do teach wrong. kids how to fist anymore. And you know what you got to do? You got to lay off the tennis balls. Don't squeeze anything. Don't make your hand any bigger than it has to be. And you got to clip your nails. Yeah, you should have one palsy fisting hand that you agree to never use for work. If you yeah, really want to like, be a like fister. Like a veal in yeah, the basement. You, yeah, right? you never pick things up with it. <laughs> yeah. Even if you lift weights, you put like a strap on your wrist to lift weights. That's what they always flexible. had. They, they called yeah. him the royal fister. And he had a withered hand. A Kept, soft, withered hand. He slept in, at nighttime. He tied his arm to a barrel of oil, and he yep. kept his hand in the oil, so it was constantly like, like soft sort of and a big moist. condom. You yeah, could yeah, just yeah. Like, he just would, would sleep like this. He actually suffered nerve damage because of that, because his elbow was in a weird place for a long time. But yeah, but he got all the scraps from under the table. He would go <laughs> under the table with the dogs, and he would fist royalty as they ate. You know, in, chi- in China, <sighs> they, in China, they call this uh, fist binding. <laughs> Finding, yeah, yeah. You see, there's not. It's sad, but it's really erotic when you see a grown man with a child's hand. Yeah, well, fisting. It's a commitment. It's a strong commitment. It's it's almost like an an athletic endeavor in a sort of negative sense. Yeah, like a super ultra marathon for fisting. You gotta love it. (laughs) There was a guy that I uh, I goofed on once in my blog that had grown the longest fingernails in the world, and they were so long that he uh, he developed nerve damage in his arm. His permanent nerve damage. How? Because of his balance, his balance of his body's weight was off. Apparently, if your body's weight is imbalanced by a significant amount or if you only use one side a significant amount, like the fingernails were so long and crazy that it rendered his uh, movement of his fingers pretty much useless. Why did he want fingernails that long? To be in the record, just to be in the record book, like that was his thing. It, that made him special. And then he, be, he became like a Guinness Book of World Records guy from having the longest fingernails. 
Did he clip them after he got the record? I don't know, man. I don't know whatever happened to him. I never never cared. He's so dumb. He grew his fingernails so long that his arm went numb. <laughs> that guy's an idiot. I'm not it's, paying attention to him. It's time to move I on. I don't right? care what steps it takes next <laughs> what, unless they're exactly. unbelievably ridiculous. What's his follow-up? But yeah. he, uh, they were curled. They were like yeah, they uh, curl. it was yeah. weird. They were huge, enormous, like tennis rackets. No bullshit. And curved, curled. Some of them were long. They were really fat and thick and squiggly. Ugh. It was so strange. He just agreed to use only one hand to grow the world's longest nails. That's a weird guy, man. That's his big achievement is just to not cut his nails. Yeah, he's a mess. He, he As a child, he really wanted to play guitar, but he just couldn't do it. Took it too far. So the only part he really uh, got was the nails, right? I had a buddy who was really good at classical guitar, and um, he used to uh, grow his nails long. He grew like the three nails, the the thumb, the forefinger, and the fucky finger on his right hand. I guess that's the hand he's strummed with. Yeah. And then he would reinforce them. He would like cover them in clear coat all the time. So he's always like clear coating like these right. nails, hmm. and they were thick. Like if he scratched you, you'd be fucked. Like if he could get you like a cat. Yeah, that's a, isn't that what, Chris, you know this. Why didn't humans develop claws? Why do we have these crappy nails? They really aren't. Why, why we, didn't we, why would, didn't we evolve to have nice, jagged, killing claws? Good question. Because well, we masturbate too much as a species. That, that would have been a negative. Yeah, if we had the claws, we would just we, get we'd way more rapey. And we'd also be scratching ourselves, yeah. you know, like, oh, damn, again. What about another... retractable claws like a cat? Oh, that's a good one. Why didn't we get mm. those? Because well, we can't, you right, can't you want a serious move those answer? to articulate. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't think anyone really knows, but it certainly seems like fingernails are vestigial claws. Right, mm. so they're like many other parts of the right. body that you know, twenty, forty million years ago were something, and now they're just fading out. Like the appendix. The appendix is probably one. Yeah, the small toe. I mean, obviously, that's not doing much. You know, nipples. Male nipples. Male nipples. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. We want, if you're really paying attention to like primates at the zoo or watch primates in a documentary on them, it's so weird how similar they are to people in so many ways. Oh, so man. weird. Watch them pick things up and watch them look at each other. Watch them screech at each other, get angry. Like you see the social. They things seem playing like out. they've. It's they're like humans on seven thousand cups of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Chimpanzees are. Yeah. And bonobos are like humans <laughs> with a hit of ecstasy. And uh, and yeah. Viagra. And Viagra. Yeah. And yeah, a, exactly. a total erasion or erasing of morals. Just fucking get that shit out of your head. Go uh, fuck your kids. No, they have morals. They have morals. Bonobos don't the the son never fucks, fucks the, the mother, which yeah. is why motherfucker predates language. That's amazing. It's not only the earliest wow. swear word, it's it was there before there were words. It's probably the ultimate creeper is a guy who fucks his mom. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. That's so funny but God, it can also is, be never, awesome though i never knew that when you call someone a motherfucker you were saying you fuck your own mom i just i never realized well, that. you don't always not anymore it's morphed i thought now it's like it's you're a fucking a milf well you could have that too but, but motherfucker, that wouldn't be an insult would it that's why i never understood why the thing was an insult <laughs> but it's morphed so much that motherfucker is a positive now it's more of a positive there is positive it's more of a positive than it is a negative. <laughs> Very positive. Hey, keeps life, keeps it, it, life it, it, on the planet. A bad He's, motherfucker. I mean, you, I think the, you, the oh, word like motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, well, calling someone a motherfucker as an insult, it's not that effective. Like, oh, that guy's a piece of shit. That guy's an asshole. That guy's a cunt. But call, oh, that guy's a motherfucker. It oh, doesn't cool. make any sense. It's If I say, you know, how funny is Joey Diaz? Dude, he's a motherfucker. Yeah. He's a motherfucker. That's, a, that's like, uh, that's a huge compliment. 
Like motherfuckers yeah. become a compliment. Yeah, but that's because you guys are, you know, streetwise hipsters. We're about as streetwise and hipster as you get. Let me tell you, in, <laughs> in Nebraska, if you call a guy a motherfucker, I, I don't think he's going to like that. Uh, or, you're like, hey, I'm from L.A. It's a compliment. He just yeah. needs a guy like me to move in his neighborhood and tell him what's up. <laughs> Come on, the guy needs guidance. Or that's a guy how like Duncan to move in the neighborhood and fuck everyone's mother, right? Oh, Duncan, what's a, don't listen, do that. Duncan's, oh, I guess when you have kids, you don't deserve to be fucked anymore. He makes a very good. Point. By the way, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's happy Day. Mother's Just a, Day. a week or so after B- Mother's Bob Day. Bobcat Goldthwait had the best uh, tweet that we'd all be looking at uh, sexuality very different if Freud's mom wasn't so hot. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You, you Fucking know, Bobcat. Great, That's check a it great out. Joke. But check it out. I don't know if he knows this, but here's what I can add to the comedy pantheon, right? Freud's father did, in fact, threaten to cut off his penis if little Sigmund didn't stop masturbating. Hmm. And wow. Freud wrote about his memories oh of that. God. Think about how much Freudian theory is based upon fucking fear of losing your penis. Oh, my right? God. That joke, Joe, you have about walking in on your daughter, I don't remember what it was that. Which one? That joke you have where you walked in and she was like, I don't, you told her to go to bed and she. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't reveal too much of it. <gasps> I forgot. I'm sorry. It's a microphone. I yeah. forgot. I forgot. Well, you didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. No, sorry. it's okay. Spoil- joke spoiler. No, you, you no, didn't spoil no, no. it. You didn't say anything. Yeah, it's I just a premise. Yeah, yeah if we were just talking, we would totally That's talk about great, that. That's a great, great. But yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> All right. So last time we were here, uh, I was on my way to uh, Austin. Yeah. First trip to Austin. And I went to this paleo conference there, and I met a bunch of guys, including Tucker Max, who told me – I mentioned that the, I knew you, and he, he told me, he, man, you apparently – I didn't know you had this reputation of being well, – it sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your ass, okay, but I'll give you shit later to, to – no, what he said was like uh, – he said, Joe's not only like really knowledgeable about jujitsu, he's like world fucking class now, not 10 years ago. I didn't know you were. Do you compete at all now? Or no, you? no, that's not true. I'm not world class. Not even close. I'm just a. I'm a legit black belt. Right. But I'm not world class by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Whenever I roll with someone who's really good, I get destroyed. If I roll really? like yeah, like like a guy like a Jake Shields who is a real world class grappler. He's one of the. Um, that was quite a few years ago. Or my friend Eddie Bravo. I've never tapped him. I've never even got close. He, he crushes me. <laughs> Every time, humbling experience. It's just reality. He's yeah. way better at it than me. Yeah. My, you know, my jujitsu for a regular person. Yeah, it's great for a regular person, but for a world class jujitsu person, you don't get anything out of anything in life that's difficult. Whether it's stand up comedy, whether it's jujitsu, unless that is a hundred percent of your dedication, you really have to focus on. Right. It. I don't really focus that much on jujitsu. Right. Jujitsu is uh, a very fun hobby for me. I love it. It's a lot of uh, a lot of my philosophy of like interacting with people. A lot of it comes from jujitsu because jujitsu is so exposing. You really get to see what a person's like right. when you roll with them. It you was see a their, bigger their part character. of your life before. Well, it's, right? it's still a big part of my life, but it's not the same part of my life it would be if I was competing. Right. And that's what a world class guy right. is. This is, this is such a different level. There's black belts, and then there's black belts who treat black belts like white belts. Right. I'm unfortunately on the yeah. small, belt. short end of the ah. stick. Inflation. <laughs> yeah, a guy like, like a guy like Marcelo Garcia, who's physically weaker than me, smaller than me, and could kill me anytime he wants. If right. we, we rolled out. It wouldn't be a matter of uh, if I tapped. It's like how many times could I stop him from tapping me? How many times would he tap me? 
I mean, would I be right. de- able to defend? Would yeah, would I be able to defend for a minute, or would it take like three minutes for him to catch me? Right, and he's going to get me. Just it's a matter of time. <laughs> Reminds and me that I, I'm not I had a enough. job in high school feeding the python in the biology class. And you've put these big rats in there. Oh yeah, and like a rat in a big python cage is just it's in it's that fucked. situation you're saying it's well, just how long can i scamper about it's a terrifying place to be yeah no it's not good. So you, to be um, in a cage with a giant python <laughs> no roll with a jiu-jitsu guy uh, that can kill you with his hands yeah because he's a person he's thinking right. the, the snakes and animals are terrifying because they can't think and they're gonna they don't they think they have a you know instincts obviously and yeah they have a mind. you can't tap out with a python yeah there's no tapping out they're gonna keep going that, you know how they kill you right you, they, they yeah. wait till you breathe and then they yeah. constrict so deep. awful <laughs> can you imagine having one of those things wrapped around you like a meat tornado that's just <laughs> tornado. that's what it's like this spiral of it's doom true. not only that how about the fact that they will go after alligators yeah they will eat a twelve foot uh, alligator have you guys seen a python strike. No. I mean, I've seen videos. I've never I've seen, seen them cut a body out of one of those things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, That's but it's real. so cool. I mean, this, this python was 20 feet long, right? And the, the cage was probably 20 feet long. Uh, a big aquarium thing. You put this rat in there, and the rat's running around, and, and it's like stepping on the python because it's coiled around. Oh, shit. God. And you ju- it's just like no movement. And the python, you can see, it sort of move its head, and the tongue comes out, and it's oh. sensing. And the, mat, the rat's running around, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly it just goes... <laughs> Oh and it's a God. it's a spring wrapped around the rat. And there's oh. no like, oh, maybe I'll grab the rat or pull it over. No, it's just like the whole thing in one movement. I saw in Big Sur a snake that had just caught a mouse and it was or a lizard and the lizard just sort of twitching in his mouth as it's dragging it back into a bush. Oh, that's nasty. Isn't that cool? Well, no, because if you it's a, it's nasty on one level. Then on another yeah. level, you're looking at a kind of like drain pipe of nature. You're seeing like yeah. one form of the universe getting sucked into another form of the universe. <laughs> that's right. It's so you're right. We, that's a python wow. that got caught on, a, on an electrical fence. Fuck oh. that. Or some kind of fence. Mono's electrical or may, it might just be a regular fence. It might just be it, hooked. Yeah, it just like tried to bite something that's exactly yeah. the wrong size. That's an exit door. You're How looking at an that? exit door into infinity. That's yeah. what it, that is. That's an yeah. exit. See, yeah. you're leaving the universe now. That's yeah. the last thing you Whoa. see. Yeah, yeah. you're I right. I like that. What'd you call that? Yeah. A, a pipeline of nature or something? I, it's a drain pipe of drain nature. Pipe you're of you're nature. getting one form of yeah. life transformed into another. Right. Look at the teeth mm-hmm. on that thing. The teeth inside the teeth. What an evil-looking yeah. oh, So Joe has Googled, for those of you who, who aren't in the room with us, Joe has Googled, uh, what, Python nastiness? No, Python stuck on fence. <laughs> and you get this picture in the images of yeah. this enormous demon. I mean, yeah. a demon. If it didn't exist and you found out that, you know, there was a movie. If there was no snakes like that. It's snake, yes. There was no such thing as a snake. But then there was a movie about a snake that eats people that are in a village, and it curls up around you and constricts your breathing, and then swallows you whole. It can eat cal- and you can eat alligators as well. Oh god! What a terrifying movie that would be. Terrifying. And, and assholes, white trash assholes, release them into the Everglades. Yeah. To wow. the point where they're big enough to eat alligators. Wow. <laughs> and then they went hunting for them. Here's the best. They gave put out this bounty: go into the Everglades and hunt, and you know every python you kill will give you X amount of dollars. They didn't find any. Really? Good luck. Good luck. It's too big. It's too big. There could be a million out there, and you'd never find and it. And they're way up in trees anyway. Well, no, they're in the ground, mostly. 
I mean, they can be up in trees, but they're all over the place. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They can go in the water. Yeah. You know, they live in the water. Like, they're attacking alligators. Like, the one that they found that was dead, he was in the water. C- could you, if you, if there was a snake big enough, could you ride it like a horse? <laughs> a slow horse. If you got a hold slow. only of the front, like, can he kill himself? If you could just ride his head right behind the jaws, yeah, just get a good gable grip underneath his chin, yeah, and just ride. He wouldn't be able to choke. That you. would be an incredible. But that'd thing. be a ride, man. If he started thrashing around, Ooh, like, no, it's domesticated. That makes riding the bull a whole yeah, it's domesticated. You have to break him. You have to break. Got to break him. You got to feed him giraffes and shit. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. give him <laughs> break. Give him. If as long as you feed them, they get really, they get really lazy. You wear when you spurs them. when you yes, ride a snake. Yes, yes, do yes. You? Well, you, you, you it's like you know spurs. how your backpack. You don't wear any clothes, but you do wear cowboy boots <laughs> with spurs. You know how your backpack has those latches that chunk, 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 chunk. They just yeah. kind of go in. Yeah. That's what you would need. You would need boots yeah. with those on the bottom. Yeah. And it would just be all about training your lizard, yeah. training yeah. your Almost snake. Almost like yeah. ski bindings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. like yeah. that. So you wear ski boots. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Naked so what you're saying that you take two snakes and you stand on top of them and you ride them like skis. Oh, that's No, that's but that's the best. Silly. That's the best. <laughs> no one would Once do that. you've already brought that up, now someone's going to do it because it's just one of those things. The first guy's going to get his hips ripped apart when he realizes that snakes don't want to be face-to-face near each other, so they break him like a fucking chicken wing and he bleeds out from his cock. You're the coolest. By the way, you are the definitely the coolest person in the jungle. If you come by skiing on snakes, oh yeah, with, with a whip, you, you got a whip too. You're like, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Can you imagine? Because it would, if you can figure out a way to domesticate snakes and make sure they're big enough that you can like ride, wear them like skis. Yeah. Then now everything is like a s- snow. Especially if they <laughs> if they swim. Swimming snakes too. They're like wow. amphibian. You're saying yeah. the pythons swim. Yeah. Well, would you two have, swimming snakes? You'd have to co- connect them in like a you know those old Harness. school barbells that you saw like from the strongman eras yes. where there's a pole then these big round balls at the end of it. Yes. Those would have to be like dog collars right. for the snake. That would be the only way you could get two together. Yep. So you'd have to like set your harness. You know, like like a chariot sort of a thing in between the two of them, and then the snakes would be on one each side. And you would come over the hill. Holy shit! <laughs> you imagine that? Game of Thrones, How come this man. Imagine Genghis Fuck those Khan dragons. riding two fucking snakes into battle, or is ah! it a whole army of people riding snakes? Forget ah! it. Yeah, yeah. They, they figured out how to ride pythons. Just surrender immediately. Could you imagine? I mean, look, there's animals that, for whatever reason, decide to give in to our will. But there's animals that go, fuck you. Yeah. You know what animal goes, yeah. fuck you? Zebras. Yeah, exactly. You Zebras cannot, go, think of that. fuck you. You cannot tame a zebra. On, we're going to ride you. We're going to raise you from the time you're yeah. little. They'll bite your face, man. Yeah. They'll fuck you up. <laughs> Zebras fight with each other. They, like, duke it out. They bite each other and yeah. kick each other and shit. Man, They're not horses, so, man. So sad. <laughs> It's so sad. It would be such a such a more interesting thing to see a cowboy riding in on a zebra. Oh, no yeah. one's ever done it. What the weird thing is, you could you so, could huh? tame a lot of shit that you didn't think you could tame, like lions. People right. like regular oh, folks yeah. tame lions. Did you see the video of the dude in South Africa who grew up with this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he just and he's out in the wild. He's not in some yeah. fucking reserve. He's like and and, and the ones so even the lions crazy. who he didn't know as cubs. But are in the same pride. Those lions are completely cool with them. That's so, so they've never crazy. been around people. You know, wow. it's, yeah, really interesting stuff. Interspecies communication is just so fucking cool, well, especially with predators. 
Well, yeah. Intense. Yeah. These moments where a thing could just rip you to shreds yeah. anytime it wants. It chooses to love you. Right. Well, that's how I feel when I'm wearing you, Joe. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You feel it too, Doug. Don't I tell do. me you don't. I do feel if it. Joe, if Joe got in a bad mood, oh. I mean, it would be a shotgun. Oh, I thought you, you meant your me. Shot- I can rip you motherfuckers <laughs> apart in a second, and I never would because I love you. Uh, have you um, seen, speaking of deadly predators, have you seen the video of the dog that gets... Oh, yeah. The, have you seen that? This, oh, the cat saves yeah. the cat. Saves I, the I saw the headline, but I actually I clicked on it, and it came up and said, this video is private. I was Weird. like, oh, fuck that. It's Whatever. really interesting, hmm. yeah. man, but it's this is why I got so mad watching that video, because when you see a dog roaming like that, it means somebody didn't fence the dog right you yeah. know so in the end the mm-hmm. dog even though that is a shit dog because it, it you see it just it doesn't hesitate when it decides to rip that kid off oh, the, so it just awful. goes for him but it's man owners dog owners some dog owners in la are so fucking bad at having a dog they mm-hmm. leave it in the yard all day long like a dog wants that dogs do not want that number one and if they do want it you could you have to be really like giving them great food and attention and or at least have them out there with another dog look i don't know hand jobs hand jobs you have to be making you should totally give your dog hand jobs yeah that's what i'm saying all, put I'm you in jail for that. all i mean to say is oh really la dog owners if you're not jerking off your dog then you're <laughs> yeah. doing you're gonna you're the dog's gonna fight wrong. a kid it's bestiality but i think if you're denying your dog sexual intercourse it you know look it's all in our own head that's bestiality My, i yeah. have a buddy same buddy with the nails the classical guitars he used to jerk his dog off with his foot the dog would lie on its back, and he would put his foot in the dog's dick, and he didn't give a fuck about it. He would be like, yeah, man, he's fucking horny all the time. I'd jerk him off. I go, I don't use, he goes, I don't use my hands. I just put my foot on him. He goes, it only takes like a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. He feels better, and I clean him up. I don't give a shit. It's, it's my dog. First... You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a freak <laughs> trying to act like it's totally normal. What's the big deal? I give my fucking dog a foot job but he's when he's not. stressed out. Dude, he, I would agree with you sex. if I didn't know the dude, and he was just being, ra- he's a very smart guy. Look, you know the dog rational. comes, I reach down, <laughs> scoop up the cum, rub it into my lips when they're checked. It helps. What's the big deal? It's, it's totally normal. Here. It's not even that salty. A lot of people say it's like, <laughs> it's like it's not, it's not I so store mean. the cum. I do have gallons you know, of it in my fridge, and I rub it into my eyes. Cum is one of the best proteins ever. It's way better than whey. And when you uh, get back from the way gym, way better than whey. Just That's take a, a little dog slogan. cum. It's my dog. What the fuck? Who gives a shit? If you have chickens, do you eat their eggs? What do you give a shit if I eat my By dog's cum? By the way, cum? that thing you just said. I wonder how many trainers have said that <laughs> and seriously meant it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have gotten really sexual with their dogs. It's probably I, a super common I, thing. First sex I ever had was with a cat. Okay, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> you ask, <laughs> please go on. What you do with that when someone says that, you're like, continue. I didn't think there'd be a pause. <laughs> continue, sir. <laughs> and, well, and you know what? You, you know what? I, I can now check something off my uh, my bucket list of leaving you two speechless. speechless. <laughs> you got it. Saying something. That's why I, I, in normal life, I would have like jumped in there and, and saved the moment. But no. I was no. appreciating the fact that neither of you knew what the fuck to say. That, that was a yeah. great silence that followed you yeah. saying that. And I'm sure it wasn't the first silence that followed you saying that. <laughs> you know what? I have told this story publicly at a strange event in L.A. about two years ago. I did, You guys heard of Risk? Risk? It's a podcast of people telling stories yeah. on stage, you know, like The Moth. It's that kind of thing. 
Um, they asked me to go to tell this scorpion story that they heard me tell on your podcast, Duncan. Uh, they asked me to, to tell that story publicly, right? And there was this event in Hollywood at that place where Harmon does his thing, the comp- comics. Meltdown. Yeah. Um, so they invited me to go there as a storytelling night. I get there. It's four fucking comedians and me. It's not a storytelling night. It's like open mic for comedians. I went on after Andy Dick. Oh, wow. So I was going to tell this Scorpion story, and it's like, well, this isn't the place. People have been laughing, and it's like all this crazy shit, and then I'm going to come on and talk about when I thought I was dead in Guatemala. You know, that's kind of a downer. Yeah. So I decide on the spur of the moment to tell this story about the first time I had sex, and it was with a cat. (laughs) And it didn't go over real well. <laughs> I mean, I'm on stage after four comedies, you're like, what the fuck? What are What's you doing to me? What's the so story? So the story is okay, I'm eight years old, it's the 70s, and uh, my parents are going to a bridge party at their friend's place. And so there's no babysitter, they take me with do, them. Do, 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 and do, yeah, it's like, do, you know, do, love American do, do, do. style, the Brady Bunch those days, yes. if anyone's old enough to remember that shit. Anyway, so I'm, I'm like, hey, they, they put me in the basement in the, the family room, and they say, keep the door closed because the cat's in heat right i don't know what the fuck that means i think it means the cat's hot so they've got the ac on keep the door closed i don't know so i go down i watch a tv and this fucking cat is just like all over the place rubbing her ass on my leg and just like looking at me and just like really because somebody scratched my itch you know and i looked down and there's this pencil on the table next to the the sofa oh no you did unsharpened and I take the pencil, and with the eraser down, I just hold it there, right? And this cat backs up on this eraser <gasps> and starts fucking humping this eraser. Oh, no. Freaks me Rips out. Rips the inside of her apart with no. that little metal casing. No, no. But you know what? Male cat penises have spines that come oh out on when they, on withdrawal that does rip up the inside of the female. Oh. Blood has to mix with cat semen to, to fertilize cats. That's why they scream wow, like that, that at thing. night. Blood has to mix with cat... Yeah. Tell me cats aren't demonic. Sticker. Tell me they aren't demonic creatures. Cats? Blood needs to mix with cum What's in order demonic to make about them? that? That's incredible. It's Cherry intense, ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Cherry if, ice cream. The Cherry video yogurt. we're talking about, if people haven't seen, is a kid gets attacked by a dog and the cat saves him. The cat runs over and attacks the dog and saves the kid. And It's, it's beautiful. It's incredible. I'm sure the cat had his own agenda. No, the, well, the cat was saving the kid. It was cat pretty just clear. Didn't like that dog. Maybe that uh, kid had probably been fucking the cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, the cat wait, was trying me. to protect his bitch, right. <laughs> like in prison. <laughs> Not on my watch, motherfucker! Wow. <laughs> Uh, pussy protection. Did you, after yeah. you pleasured the cat, did did you uh, jerk off or was there a mutual orgasm? No, what happened was, so I, I pulled the pencil away because it was freaking me out. <laughs> and then the cat turns around and looks at me like, yo, what? hey, what are you doing? That guy, you know, come right. on. And like, like really like shocked and, and disappointed. And I was like, well, I don't know. So I put it back down again and the cat backs up on it and starts fucking this pencil again. And this time I hold on. And then she comes and Cats she- Cats have orgasms? Oh, yeah. And she like rolls over and looks at me, like licking her face and looks at me with love and gratitude. It's the first sexual experience I ever had. And you didn't wow. put your- you didn't No, I wasn't put like- your penis against the cat no, when I was No, no, no. I, I mean, I was eight years old. I wasn't- I oh, was experiencing eight. it as an idea. I wasn't feeling it as a sexual thing, right? Mm. You, Yeah. 
Yeah. I but mean, when I, you were I like could, but I could teen, see. you probably did that. <laughs> oh, I fucked every cat in the neighborhood. Yeah. Did you? No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, Duncan. Did Don't you? look at me like that. Did you? He says, did you? I like, now look, Chris. Duncan's I, not going to trust me at home, with Fox alone anymore, right? No, I, no I, I just think that, you know, if you're, a, if you're a teenager and you're Chris Ryan and you're an adventurous, experimental person... And you are horny and you think back, oh, wait, remember that time in the basement when if the cat will back up against a, <laughs> a, a pencil, it'll definitely yeah. do that to my cock. No, I wasn't real experimental with that shit. I had sex the first time with a person my, with, with my babysitter when I was 11. That happened to so many dudes. How old was your babysitter? Probably 16, 15, 16. That something. happens to know. so many dudes. I've heard that story so many times. And it's so sad to me that now those girls are getting in trouble for the oh, same thing. That was like one of the most magical experiences of yeah. your young life. Was it a good experience? It was. It was. Again, <laughs> it was like with the cat. Not that I've ever equated these two before. But it was something I was experiencing more through my head than my body. Uh, right? Because I was still 11. Yeah. Right. Um, but the, the thing that's most memorable about it is... Feeling the weight of her body and her face, like right in front of my face. Wow! Because, like, you know, who had who, whose weight had I ever felt on my body? My friends when we were wrestling, you know. Yeah. But not someone twice my size. You right. Know? So that was interesting, and that's a whole story. But I'm not going to tell that on this podcast. That, that please was, don't. My dick's no. getting hard already. I no. know. What do you mean you're not going to tell the story? <laughs> Why would you? So you'll talk it's about putting an eraser in a cat's <laughs> pussy, but you want? It's too good, dog. It's too good. <laughs> yeah, I'm saving not for everybody. I'm, I'm saving that one. <laughs> that's a fine one. The, the cat's that's dead for the wedding. See, here's the thing: the cat's long dead. You yeah. know, she's still the babysitter's still out there somewhere. Got yeah. it. Got to protect a woman could like that. Go, yeah. yeah it could trace her down they could find out who she is that's the thing yeah i'm talking talking ages and shit yeah no i I mean nobody would track her down but i don't want to yeah my first that was a private moment i understand my first sexual experience was with a 21 year old woman when i was 13 oh she was a girl who lived on the on the the corner she lived up the street and she was like uh without i don't want to shame her she's a very nice person but she was the girl that a lot of guys had sex with. Yeah. And she had a grown man. You know, you call it a town slut, but she wasn't a slut. She was a nice person. I mean, it sounds crazy that I say I had a sexual encounter with a 21-year-old woman and she was a nice person and I was 13. But she was nice. She was sure. nice to everybody. It doesn't sound like crazy she, to me, man. No, it doesn't. I know it doesn't to you. But Culturally, to, to a lot of people, in America, it's sounding crazier yeah. and crazier. But that's because the culture is getting crazier and crazier. But, see, I was like totally confused. I had never had any experience with a girl at all before. So I never got an erection. I always panicked. And we only had like a couple of moments together where like she grabbed my dick over my pants. Like we made out a little bit. I remember kissing her with the tongue. She was the first person to ever kiss with tongue. I was like, this is crazy. Wow. Like, what, what's going on here? But she never like forced herself on me. Like, cause I was mm. weird about it, you know, cause I didn't know what was even going on. All of a sudden she's grabbed my dick. I'm like, Hey, I guess I was like 12, somewhere around there, 12, 13. Um, and so it, she was never mean to me about it. Like she wanted to blow me or whatever, and it didn't happen. But but she wasn't like you know. Listen, you did, you I got you up in my fucking room. Take your pants off, bitch. There was nothing. Uh, there was nothing rapey about it at all. She would have rapey, consensually. That awesome. but you know what I'm saying? She would have consensually had sex with me, and if she did, it would have been rape. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, rape at right, all. Right. I mean, should she've been doing that to 13 year old kids? I was okay, you know. <laughs> I yeah. got through it all right. When yeah. I when when I was a kid, 
I failed at getting molested. <laughs> like I didn't. It's something I think back at because there was a a, a molestation attempt uh-huh. uh, by one of one of my mom's friends. And you she left it me. Up? Yeah, because I remember I was sitting there and I was horny and you know when you when those when testosterone first starts entering your bloodstream and puberty yeah. when that starts happening it is fucking intense man and yeah. how I, old what is the official puberty start well it's when you get secondary sexual characteristics like pubic hair descended testicles breasts if you're a woman your pubic hair if you're a woman so but so what is when, the year around it, for well most it's folks. moving that's the thing it used to be among hunter gatherers women didn't start ovulating until they were 17, 18, 19. Now really? in the U.S. it's like 10, 11, 9, 8. It's going 17, down. 18, 19. Yeah. Wow. Is yeah. that a nutrition thing? Or? Yeah. It's largely to do with body fat content, which is also why like female athletes, marathon runners, they stop ovulating, right? Stop oh, menstruating. Because once your body fat content gets below a certain level, then that process stops. So the idea is when you're starving, you got work to do. You can't be fucking and having kids. There's no food There's for no kids. Food. Right. Right. Whoa, right. that's, that's amazing. Cool. And people are so fucking fat and plump. They're just shitting out eggs. Right. Bing, bing, bing. And They're now... Like, shoot yeah. one in there. I'm not going anywhere. If I die, yeah. I'll be from fat. <laughs> that's, that's how non-famine like we are. You think... We uh, die from fat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty mind-blowing. I bet if you went back in time and told people that, they wouldn't understand Yeah, we have it. a lot of people that eat themselves to death. They'd be like, what? Yeah, they have shows on, on TLC. That woman who grew into the couch. Yeah, she formed. Oh, Jesus. Well, we have friends that are obese. You know, comic friends that, you know, have had stomach staplings, eat right through them. Yeah, you know? they pop them back open, yeah, right? Like they gotta just... go back in again, another surgery. They pop their stomach staples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you do that? You eat. You eat like fucking... And you eat even though your stomach is feeling tight. You're like, I can do one more swallow, another swallow. They're obviously doing something with their food other than feeding like a hunger. There's like some sort of a psychological impulse. Well, it's, it's love. Food. They want love. I read that in this... Uh, so it is? Yeah, in this... Well, I don't know. I mean, it's stupid. Who doesn't? But in this Osho yeah. book, I read this thing where he said that when people get really fat, what you're seeing is they're they're trying to scratch this itch, which is they want to be loved, but they don't have it in their lives, so they haven't figured out a way to reach out for it. So they eat food, and that creates that sense of this momentary feeling of connection or being filled up. The same thing you get when you're with someone that you really love. Wow, that's a low grade version of it, but but some, something, yeah. something. I mean, I I would argue that most, if not all, addictions are essentially exactly what you just described. A search for meaning, a, ser- a yearning for community. A lot of people report that the thing that's hardest about giving up the you know, heroin, for example, <laughs> isn't really the drug itself. It's the the ritual and the sense of community with the people they used to get high with, and the, you know the whole scene. Mm. They leave that; they're lonely. They're alone. They don't have mm. those important things. The drug actually is often a you know a tertiary issue. That's a common thing among cigarette smokers too. They see people gather together smoking cigarettes right. outside of a bar, and yeah. they, they long to join them. Right, and it's like after yeah. a drink, you have a cigarette. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, you have you know like certain times of the day. And I've all seen that. guys say, "Can I just stand by you guys while you smoke and smell it?" <laughs> yep. Have you have you said that yourself ever? I had, a, never I had said a guy that. in a men's room say that standing next to me at the urinal it was about weird. piss. Can I stand here and smell your piss? You about see, your... I used to be addicted to piss. <laughs> I was going to say, what does he want to smell? Your butt? What's going on, man? I don't understand. So back back to this whole like uh, child, 
child. Se- I, I hear listeners saying, go back to talking about early sexual experiences. Uh, my babysitter was was also like what you're describing that when she was a nice person and she was actually very subtle because one of the things I remember is she's sitting on the sofa and I'm standing behind her and I'm sort of like the TV's in front of her. Right. So I'm like ostensibly watching TV. But I look down her shirt. And I get to your breasts and she looks up at me and she sees I've been looking at her breasts. Right. And she says, my boyfriend touches them sometimes. What did you? What, did, what went through your head? He's what like, this is thought? like what happened with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Except she had six of them. <laughs> so <laughs> where are the other four? So she <laughs> nipples. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so she tells you that. Yeah. What 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 goes on in your head at that moment when at she that, says that? At that moment, I thought it was interesting because I thought. I want to. She's telling me I can. Is she telling you you can by saying that? That's how I took it. Mm, I, I would have taken it that way too, but and you don't want to be wrong. And the third thought was, <laughs> but I have. I don't know why. I don't know why I want to. Wow. I do, but I don't know why. You know, I saw something. I, I've never figured it out. By the way, <laughs> you never will. You never will. He, she probably doesn't even know what the fuck happened. I saw something recently online. It was a photograph. And uh, it's, uh, it was something to do with feminism that no always means no, but yes sometimes doesn't mean yes. Mm. That's good. You got to bring a lawyer with you to every sexual event. It was about. They need a new word. Then. Consent. It was about consent. About right, because if she's really drunk consent. and she says yes, yeah. that could still be considered uh, right. rape because she was incapacitated on some level. Which I think, if you know, one person's sober and the other person's taking advantage of the sober person, no matter what's going on, if you're really taking advantage, I don't think you can take advantage of most guys, you know, unless you're just some sort of monster. And you wait till guys get drunk and you're sober and then you take advantage of them? Or you, you drug them. I, I have two friends who have been, been drugged, drugged in bars by guys. Oh, God. Some guy they're, they're with at the bar. This happened to two guys I know in Barcelona. Jesus. They're hanging out and having a drink with this guy. Next thing they know, they're, they're like buzzed and the guy's like, hey, I got some tequila back in my place, whatever you want. And they go back to the place, wake up in the morning. And they've been ass fucked. Oh my god! Damn, Damn. Yeah. motherfucker! And two thing, guys? Yeah, two different dudes. Holy and, shit! That's scary as fuck, man. Yeah, and the thing is, the he the drug they give him, uh, GHB, is a strange. Have you guys done GHB? I have. No. I, it's a great, great drug. Great drug. It's supposed to be one of those ones where you can take a little bit of it and you're okay, but if you right. take a certain amount, exactly, one yeah. toke over the line, and Sweet you're, Jesus, you're in a coma, but you're not yeah. dead. You're in a coma. And I've treated people in this condition, and and they will not wake up. You slap face with oh cold water; God. they will not wake up. But as long as they're on their side and they can't, you know, do a Swallow Jimi Hendrix, tongue. they'll be fine. In fact, not only will they be fine, they will wake up the next morning feeling Great. so refreshed, more refreshed than you have felt since you were a five-year-old child. Weightlifters use this. Stuff. It yeah. is incredible how wow. it's as a sleep enhancer and, and sleep inducer for people who have insomnia. It is without, and it's something that occurs naturally in the body, so it's metabolized completely cleanly. Right. There's no no toxic effects. But as you say, if you take the wrong amount or you mix it with alcohol, oh. 
you're fucking out. It's the I, alcohol I, thing, right? Yeah. Alcohol potentiates it, just, or just doses. If you just take that one little bit extra, I, I have a friend who got who was a, a, probably addicted to GHB. Is drinking it all the time. Really? You know. Wow. But um, he uh, he ended up drinking some GHB before he went out. Oh no. Wakes up in the hospital. He was way up on like uh, mm. Sunset Boulevard. They found him on La Brea, like laying in front of a bench, and he has no idea how he got there. What happened to him in between? Oh my goodness! But he just ended up in the hospital. You just you you blink intubated. Out. What? Dude, you could... Normally he'll be intubated, so he'll wake up in the morning feeling great in a hospital with a plastic tube down his throat. You could die from that, man. You know, on a side note, did you guys know, I just found out about this, if you have a really bad hangover, you can go to the emergency room and get treated. Get IVs. Yeah, they'll give you an IV. Oh, they give you saline? They rehydrate you. Uh, They probably give you some painkillers maybe, but it's like uh, because you have alcohol poisoning. Uh So you go there and you say I have alcohol poisoning and they'll treat you. And if you have good insurance, it'll cover it. Wow. Thanks, Obamacare. Your body cover, they cover overdose? Yeah. Alcohol overdose? Yeah. They'll, they'll treat you for heroin overdose, right? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I wonder how many times they do it before they hey, Duncan, stop coming in here fucked up. <laughs> stop. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a home treatment kit. <laughs> At the end Leave of the us night, alone. Duncan gets fucked up. You guys going home? I feel, I feel like going to the hospital. You treat it like the, the, another kind of club. Someone call. That's it's right. after hours. That's right. I, my Uber driver takes me to the hospital before he takes me home. Yeah, no, I don't want to chip in on the taxi. I'm going to call 911. Yeah, you know, that would yeah. be an interesting yeah. start of a clinic, like a sober up club yeah like a place where you go and they dose you with ivs and great idea that's a good business idea well, don't they have hangover it? spa a hangover spa yeah so it's like a spa dedicated Detox. to people yeah. who've had, yeah. who have hangovers and it's like a calming soothing environment yeah they help you work through like whatever thing you did that you're embarrassed about like there's a therapist <laughs> you can sit and talk to about the dumb thing you said or yeah. and there'll be a big sign on the door do not come in here if you're still drunk we are right. not responsible for sobering you up. Yeah, exactly. Or if they're smart, though, what they'd have is a waiting area, a sobering up area where the drunk people can hang out and uh, wait to yeah. get in for treatment. Man, that's a good idea for yeah. a business that you go to. You could even go to when you're still drunk, when you know you're going to have a hangover and you go there and they, right. they Sleep put you it in off. a nice room. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys know that Warren Zevon song, Detox Mansion? Detox Mansion, never heard it. Oh, no. it's a great tune. It's, he was it's awesome. It's a rockin', wild tune. Yeah, I've been raking leaves with Liza. Me and Liz clean up the yard. Here on Detox Mount- Mountain, <laughs> we learn these things by heart. Yeah, oh, it's fucking great. It's super ironic in a Warren Zevon sense, you know. Did you ever see his appearance on Letterman before he died, when he knew he was dying? That Letterman... Oh, no, no. I was thinking of the comedian who Letterman didn't show it, and then his mother oh, came on. Hicks. Yeah, Hicks. yeah, I saw that no, recently. Warren no. Zevon came on while he was sick with cancer, and yeah. he knew he wasn't going to make it. It was just really fascinating, man. Really fascinating to see him just sort of uh, accepting this reality, this unchangeable reality of his imminent demise. And, yeah. you know, Letterman loving the guy and having him on. Many times, and I guess they had a friendship together, and mm. you see Letterman sitting there with the guy talking to him, and it's just like, wow. Yeah. It's fucking deep, man. Yeah. It's yeah, deep. no, I don't think I saw that. But, you know, Warren Zevon in a lot of ways is like Mark Twain. 
Yeah. You know, his sense of humor is so prominent in so much of what he wrote. And and within that sense of humor is a fearless intelligence, yeah. you know. And so facing your own demise, you know, what else, what's more scary than that, right? Yeah, for a lot of folks, that's the big one, especially when it's you're a smart person like Zivon obviously was. And it was all self-induced. It was all cigarettes. Yeah. Cigarettes were killing him. You know, and there's th- those people who are really intelligent that get involved in cigarettes. They all have that ultimate moment where they're like, what the fuck did I do to myself? How did I let this happen? Yeah. How did I let myself get roped into this dumb con game? Why am I giving up my health and my lungs for this fucking yeah. creepy drug? You know, that that story about the guy who inherits. I don't know whether this is apocryphal or this is actually historically true, but the guy inherits like $12 million when his parents die, American dude. And he gets together with some friends uh, to celebrate, and they fly to Monaco and rent a suite, and, you know, they're hanging, they're going to the casinos, and in, like, three weeks, he's pissed away the entire inheritance. Oh, my God. Right? You know, between casinos and oh. hookers and shit. And uh, in the interview, uh, the question, they asked him, like, how, how did this happen? And he says, well, gradually at first and suddenly at the end. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so crazy. So I imagine that's what, you know, someone like Zevon's feeling or whomever, yeah. someone who drinks themselves to death or, you know, you know, or if you're riding a motorcycle, as I did for seven years, that instant when it's like, whoa, that could be the end. There's there's yep. a, I mean, I, the reason I quit riding was I had a call so fucking close, like it can't get closer than that. And mm-hmm. um and Casilda was on my back, you know, and she had a daughter. Oh, and it's Jesus, like, yeah. you know, because I always was like, okay, I know this is risky, but I'm good. I, I'm careful. I, I I feel it, and I'm willing to accept it because nobody gives a shit really if I die. You know, it hurts my parents terribly and some friends, but I don't have kids. I'm not leaving anybody. You know, and uh, but with her on the back, and, and luckily it was really interesting because, um. I won't get into the details, but essentially at night on a street, this car was trying to switch from one side parking to the other side of the street. Oh, God. And somehow didn't see me coming and just was like, whoa, straight across the street, right in front of me. Oh, my God. So worst case scenario. And I had to do this swerve because there was like that parking space that he was going for. He was sort of nosing into that. And there were cars all up and down before. So I had to like swerve into the space and out of the space around his nose oh my of his God. car. Right. So it was like a double, whoa, whoa. And I was probably going 35 miles an hour. With someone on your back. With Cassie on my back. Wow. And to her credit, she melted into my back. Wow. Right. She was, in other words. She didn't resist it. Right. If she had resisted it, boom, we'd be dead for sure. Because there's no way I could have done that if there was any like weird compensation. Uh, compensating, right, right, you know? right. Wow. Yeah, it's, wow. and I've always thought of that as an interesting metaphor. You know, like complete trust is safe in a way more than partial trust, mm. depending who you're dealing. Definitely with. Definitely, when right? you're on the back of someone's riding a motorcycle trying to get away from an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for exactly. sure. Why the fuck are we talking about that? Who I was thinking cares? earlier when we were talking about the, the sexual stuff and how fucked up it is mm-hmm. that older women, um, and I know this is going to come across as a little bit creepy, but what the hell, I'm already committed. Uh, think about how many things in life we don't allow older people to teach younger people about. Eating pussy is number one. I think it. I think it's, it's the first and last thing. Nope. Going. Come on. I'll show you. Nope. Over here. Nina Hartley teaches people. Oh know. yeah, she does. Yeah. She teaches everything. She'll teach whatever you want. Yeah, she's great. Um, she but anyway, so like like if we taught kids how to drive the way we teach them about sex, 
you know, here, kids, take the car out and, you know, figure it out. <laughs> That's we essentially mean, I, what we do, right? We, yeah. We don't even give them that much. Some people don't say a word. Some people just let the kids figure it yeah. out on their own. Figure it out. Yeah. Strange. But it's just like, you know, kind of a primordial thing. I, you know, I, it's weird thinking about the first time humans had sex. There must have been a first or whatever human precursors were. It's so it's set up to be such an obvious and simple thing. It's like the least complex thing if you think about it, which is it just makes sense. You're going to eventually want warmth. <laughs> You'll eventually be yeah. holding yeah. a woman and the way your bodies line up will perfectly work. You could yeah. it's just going to happen. And yet there are countless examples of couples who've gone into doctors like in the 19th and 20th century saying, you know, we're having trouble, the woman can't get pregnant, blah, 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 and the doctor investigates it all and finds out it's because he's not fucking her. It's because they don't know how to fuck. Where, where is not he putting his cock? Like between her thighs or whatever. It's, hmm. it's bizarre. Like people uh, in the Western world actually, know, not all of them, <laughs> Need to be yeah. To, look, it's in Masters and Johnson and Kinsey and all that this shit. That is crazy. Yeah. I know it's bizarre, <laughs> it's but a that, different time. The know? level of ignorance. Yeah, I mean, now we're saying like, okay, we just don't say anything, or a lot of parents don't say anything. But in the 19th century, they were saying shit, and all of it was negative, right? We right. talked about the yeah. Kellogg's cornflakes and all that what shit. What a great right? story that is. Huh? Yeah, I mean, all this anti and sewing the foreskin together with a silver suture—that's what the leading. A uh, child, uh, you know, rearing advice guy, Kellogg, he wrote the best-selling book, How to Raise Kids, Sew Their Foreskin Together, without anesthesia. He specifically yeah. says without anesthesia, and that'll <sighs> stop them from masturbating. Uh, Amazing that that fucking guy got into any position where he could tell people what to do, <laughs> and, give advice. And he bragged that he had never had sex with his wife, who he was married to for 40 years. Wow. Bragged about it. And wrote that book I'm talking about on his honeymoon instead of fucking her. But every morning he had to have a full enema given to him by a an attractive young male orderly. Oh, my God. Hello. Hey, you, Dr. Freud. That is so hilarious. So he had some guy bang him every day. He yeah. called it an enema, right? <laughs> yes. Pissed and in his would never fuck his wife ever and bragged about it and was saying oh, we no. got to give kids cornflakes so they don't jerk off. And if they think about jerking off, you put a fucking silver thread through their dick. Uh, yeah. Like your dick's a werewolf. You're exactly. going to kill it with silver. Exactly. And, and if your daughter... I swear this is true. If your daughter is masturbating, you apply carbolic acid to her clitoris. Oh, my God. Wow. That's what Kellogg said? Yeah. Don't ever buy cornflakes, folks. Just don't. Yeah. I mean, who cares? It, that, so if he's, he's not, that's like the Marquis de Sade. The Marquis oh de Sade if he made cereal. Did he ever do that to anyone? Did he ever put acid on oh, any yeah, girl's he, clitoris? Oh, yeah. He ran this thing. Um, There's a movie about it, On the Road to Wellville. Remember that movie? I never saw that. Was it worth watching? It's about Kellogg. It's about his sanatorium wow. and all that shit. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, T. Curris and Boyle. Right? Who rubbed the acid on their clits? Uh, clinicians, did he do it? clinicians did, and meanwhile it, he did. I'm sure he did many cases. It's time to apply yeah. the acid. Yeah, I'm in a bit of a hurry. I think I'll be receiving my enema while I rub acid <laughs> onto your clitoris today. I'm I'm yeah. not into sex at all. In fact, this beautiful man is going to clean my asshole. Yeah, are you guys circumcised? Yeah. I am. Yeah, 
You are? Yeah, all three of us are. Yeah. Hey, that could be a new name for the podcast. The, the Circumcised. The Three Cut Dudes. I was with a woman. Cut. I met cut. this woman in Spain shortly after arriving there, and she spoke English pretty well. I didn't speak much Spanish at all. And we had sex. The first time she saw me naked, she looked at me, and she said, oh, I've never been with a circus-sized man before. Circus-sized. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. yeah, but in Europe, in a lot of places in the world, it's not common anymore. No. Right? You know why it's common here? Well, any reason is not good, but I would love to hear Fucking it. Fucking Kellogg, dude. Really? It's the anti-masturbation uh, war in the late 90s, early 20s, or, or, late 19th century. War. It was. <laughs> the war on masturbation. Who won? Masturbation won. Um, <laughs> Masturbation yeah. always wins. wins. Well, let's look and see how much the internet is dedicated to porn. It's another skirmish. Hmm. Tough to call victory, yeah. boys. Yeah. <laughs> Tough to claim victory over <laughs> masturbation when 38% of the world's yeah. traffic has to do with naked women. So that's why American men are, mas- are, are uh, circumcised? circumcised, circus-sized, because it was considered uh, – it would deaden the sensation on the head of the penis and, mm. and discourage the man from uh, – boy from masturbating. It's so that's so... why – because as you said, in Europe, you know, unless you're Muslim or Jewish, there's no you know, religious significance to it. So it's just pure medical culture bullshit. Well, you know what's really bullshit is all this nonsense that they keep talking about where it helps prevent AIDS. Okay, look, that's AIDS is not going to be prevented by you cutting the skin off a kid's dick. Okay, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that's well, not preventing any AIDS. It's it's in a certain context. It's in some African societies. It's been found to prevent AIDS. But why? Because I mean, has those have those those actual results been truly studied objectively? Because it doesn't make sense to me. Well, the the way it makes sense to me is that you've got a microbiome all over your body, right? right. Of, of you know bacteria and shit. And in the where the foreskin comes over the head of the penis, it's dark, it's moist, it's warm. So that's an ideal right. place for inoculation of all sorts of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't clean that regularly, then it can build up and become a really nasty place for viruses and, and bacteria to ah. uh, you know accelerate the growth. Yeah, I've heard that argument, and that's why it doesn't make any sense to me. It's because like, do you really think that you could get AIDS from a person? By having sex with them circumcised or uncircumcised, but you wouldn't get it if you are circumcised? Like that's Well the idea is that The idea is they're just not cleaning their dicks. Well and and because they've got this like low level infection of bacteria and shit that they're not cleaning around the head, the skin is has lesions. So it's broken open. So right. So if it comes in contact with an AIDS virus, that goes directly to the bloodstream. And whereas a circumcised guy in that society, because it's all open to the air and cleaner has a better That's skin barrier. That's a bad moment when you pull out your AIDS cock and there's <laughs> festering lesions all over it. So the only way, the only way to get it is if your your dick is beat up. It has to be beat up, and you have to not. Wash the only it. way to get uh. it as a heterosexual man, right, <laughs> having sex with a female or I guess a male, is. It has to come from their bloodstream to your bloodstream. So they have to. The woman or man has to be bleeding. Your dick has to be beat up. Right. And you have to be circumcised to incubate it all. Uncircumcised. Uncircumcised. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But you I don't mean, have to be uncircumcised. No, you just have you to can... have a beat up dick. Well, the amount right. of That's men... why a toothy blowjob will really get you, <gasps> you know. Into trouble. Ew, especially with an AIDS person. 
AIDS person giving okay. you a toothy blowjob. Maybe, what if you're giving maybe a we should move on. Blowjobs I think AIDS. We're going to offend both our sponsors. Both of them are bad. You're right. Both of them are bad. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend tank. either. <laughs> toothy but I wouldn't re- recommend banking on your fucking circumcision to get no. you through the AIDS I'm gang I'm going to be just fine. <laughs> I'm going to be fine, bro. Look, cut. I'm, I'm in. Cut. The kid's fucking everybody. Don't worry about And everybody's it. fucking the kid. <laughs> Hey, I just picked up a new sponsor, uh, which I think is sponsoring. It's this. AIDS. AIDS is sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> no, but I went. No, I want to tell you guys. AIDS pencils. <laughs> AIDS pencils. <laughs> Look, if I'd had a cat dildo, I'd have used it. All right. I was, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, extreme restraints. Have you guys ever been sponsored by them? No. Nope. What is it? They, they sponsored Dan Savage's podcast. They're gonna. They're sponsoring this one. Yeah, they they sell like harnesses and handcuffs oh. and you know all this stuff to. Hey, email me extreme restraints, please. No, I'll I'll put you in touch with them. Don't worry yeah. about it, Duncan. Yeah. They're, they're cool. on you. They're cool. You sent out the bat signal. <laughs> they will respond. Well, that's why I mentioned it. I saw your ears perking up there. And I you figured... guys have ball gags? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. You know the problem with it, though, is, is if you do happen to have bondage gear at your house. <laughs> and, 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 Hold, and Just holding it for a friend. For a friend or whatever. But, like... The problem is, like, sometimes I'll forget where I put it. (laughs) So, like, in the middle of, like, you know, making out or, like, you you have to go find this stuff. But you're, like, Uh, it just ruins the mood. You have to turn on the lights, right? But where do you store it? Because, like, not everybody wants that. Not not everybody wants to come in and see see that stuff. You know, just have the handcuffs, like, bolted into your bed. Yeah, you can't. But that's the most obvious and convenient move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they just throw got, a, throw a, a kerchief over the, the the foot and head of the bed, and <laughs> a you know. kerchief that's creepier than handcuffs. A kerchief? Why the fuck do you have a kerchief? Shut up! Shut up! Suck it! I'll tie you up, bitch, if what I can are find you my doing cuffs. To that kerchief, you weirdo! <laughs> Don't mention the kerchief. <laughs> I use it to cover my handcuffs. <laughs> The other thing that Giddy up. You, you could always say, being a comic, is that, oh, I was doing this sketch, uh, yeah. me and DJ Doug Pound, we yeah, had this great yeah. sketch idea, sure. and you pull involved. Out the old comic That's going to work. Excuse, huh? yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. It was I was ball gagged and tied up. And I just, you know, I can't write jokes unless I'm handcuffed to my own bed. Yeah. yeah. Someone has to smack me in the face with a dildo. With every tenth smack, a great idea comes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, Austin, I also floated in Austin. Oh, a life-changing experience. Oh, yeah. yeah, Zero Gravity Institute. Yeah. Oh, Shout yeah, yeah, out yeah. to them. They're great. What a place. Yeah, that guy's a wizard. He's yeah. a lot like uh, Crash from uh, the Float Lab. He's developing yeah. his own... His own tanks. I was real impressed with him. So Very after my float, stuff. I, I hung out and recorded a podcast with him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He seemed, I would love to talk he's to a that good guy, guy. On, on, a, on a podcast. He's a really interesting guy. Yeah. He's, uh, I don't very, remember his name right now, but I'm going to see him in Spain next yeah, he, week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. He's uh, Aubrey's buddy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Zero Gravity Institute. Check it out. I don't. I don't remember the guy's name, but we both love him. No, oh, that's so cool yeah. that there's so these places are popping up left and right now. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I was amazed that that floating had sort of disappeared. Like nobody had talked about it for a long time. It yeah, just didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, they like, all they all. What's the expression? Give you their props, pay you their yes, props. props. I mean, everybody's like, hey, Joe's really like you know. Joe brought this business back. But I, a, I also floated at Float On in Portland. I bought a pack, a oh. 16 float pack. They're 
Yeah, you know that's that place? awesome. I've, I've never been cool. there. It's the I've biggest only... float place in America. How apparently. much is that? Six cost? tanks. Wow. If you buy a pack, I mean, the, I, it was like twenty five a float um, in uh, in Austin. If you buy like a series of sixteen or something, but I think it hovers around fifty a float or so. Somebody needs to build float tanks on the east side because the only place to float now you have to drive all the way to Santa Monica, Venice. Burbank. This is a place in Burbank. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Soothing Solutions. No shit. Yeah, it's oh. the first place I ever went to. That sounds like a hand job place. No, no, it's a they they do uh, like I think they have massage too or something like that or maybe colonics or something like that. I'm, I shouldn't be talking at school. I don't know. Zero, but I know they zero have gravity there. has these chairs that you sit in. And there's this like funky video going on, and you sit in this chair and you like fit into the chair. It's almost like that. What's that superhero X-Men or something like the thing? Yeah. And you sit in this chair and it's all air pressure. So it's got like, you know, balloons all through it. And so it's going like. And all these things are squeezing your limbs and like pummeling your back. And Oh, it's, it's a massage chair. But it's like the highest level massage chair yeah. I've ever been in. You, you know the model I'm talking about? I have one of those. Yeah, it's amazing. That's great, huh? It, it massages your hands. It massages yeah, your everything. arms, your, your toes. Feet. Yeah, stretches wow. you. It's fantastic. It lifts your legs up. Cool. It lifts your legs up and stretches you out. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, this guy told me like, they were like. Thirty five hundred bucks, five thousand bucks, Something depending like on the model. And yeah. he said it's great. They haven't broken down. Seems I mean, worth it. It Dude, seems like so I mean, relaxing. on one level, it's you know, like the song of the millionaire you were talking about one time. You were talking about having a float oh, yeah. tank in your house. Yeah. It seems like a pretty luxury item. But you think about how good it makes you feel. Thirty mm. five. Still not bucks. as good as a person. No. People are way better because people find that, oh, Duncan, your neck is real stiff. And they, they work right. out the knots and stuff like that. Yeah. They, and they don't do it as hard. Those the, You'd think that those massage things would be really rough. They're not rough enough. They're yeah. not hard enough. Well, they don't want to hurt anybody. lean into them. They're, they they're they need to make a thing. Like, you know, you should be able to go high, low, medium. You they know? worry about people getting hurt probably. Yeah. People complaining, lawsuits. You right. know, like, you know, they bring it to a judge. Look you should how be hard able this to, thing is. They should have, I bet they will have this too, some kind of massage chair and some other thing that like looks like a body where a professional masseuse can record a massage and then you can download the massages of like the greatest masseuses in the world into your chair and it'll duplicate it. I bet they're going to have that. Yeah, it'll like measure your body and adapt to the movements yeah. to your size. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. That's going to yeah. be crazy. Like remote massages. You have yeah. a chair that you sit in, and then a masseuse has some kind of body shape thing that like senses your body, conforms to it, and then you can get remote massages. That's going to happen. Yeah. There's a lot of crazy shit happening right now, man. This it's, it's things are getting wild with that stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Have you seen that the the surface that forms into shapes? Like, have you seen that? You have to have seen that. No, what is it? It's this weird. It's like MIT put it out. It looks like remember those pin things? You yeah. definitely saw that. Those pin things you you put on your face and it would make the form of your yes. face, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly that, except it's bigger. And on one side, a person can sort of move their hands, and on the other side, the pin thing will take the shape of their hands. So you can like – you know what I mean? It forms – and the idea is like furniture is going to – you're going to have these platforms that are made of this stuff. And then you could download furniture shapes, and it will conform to these shapes. So a house could theoretically – the floor could just be these flat pins or these flat – just a flat surface with this stuff in it that you could then download – Walls, 
sofas, sculptures, whatever you want. Whoa. It could form to. You can look it up, man. It's psychedelic. It sounds I, like the oh Hollow Deck. It's like the Hollow Deck, but with matter. What do you right. think you would call it? If I'm googling it. Ah, oh, shit, man. Yeah. I remember MIT three, did it. It was called 3D Simulator. Or 3D something. furniture. 3D down. Ah, oh, shit, man. Yeah. Well, you, here's an interesting thing that's sort of related to that. You know how the Manhattan skyline, if you look at it from the side, from New Jersey, it's like sort of like middling buildings until yes. you get to Midtown. Yes. Then it goes way up around Rockefeller Center. And then it goes down till you get to Wall Street when it goes way back up again. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. It's like right. the double hump uh, skyline in Manhattan. I always thought that was a financial thing. Like, oh, so, you know, whatever, money, a, a congregation of money and investment, whatever that made them taller there. Turns out I was talking to a construction dude when I was working in Manhattan on this construction job, and he explained to me that that is the bedrock of Manhattan Island. It comes up near the surface at Midtown, goes back down below a lot of dirt, 30, 40, 50 feet of dirt, runs down to Wall Street and comes back up near the surface again. So what that allows them to do is drill anchors for these really tall buildings into the bedrock, wow. right? You can't wow. drill through 50 feet of dirt and then hit rock and anchor a tall building. So what you see when you look at the skyline is like the pins that you're talking about that make the shape yeah. of your face. It's a reflection of the geology wow. of the island. That's badass. Isn't that fucking cool? That's yeah. wild. As a metaphor, I love that. Especially you know, if they were all uniform cool. height. The buildings were all like they had to be twelve feet, you know. Yeah. Oh right, if it were an exact correlate, you could really yeah. see the ground. Yeah. Well, it's it's so fascinating to imagine what pe- like how limited we are in expressing ourselves with design because you have to buy furniture and you have to can build furniture. So when you come to someone's house, they're always kind of limited yeah. in the way that it looks. <laughs> but man, imagine coming to someone's downloaded house where yeah. they've decided like, oh no, you go through that tunnel to get to the kitchen. It's you go like, to Mordor. Yeah, you could, you know, who knows? <laughs> or what gets really weird is like the hotel rooms because the idea will be like the hotel room of the future. You walk in and it already knows what kind of design you like. So, you know, as you're coming in, it just forms around you to sort of... Uh, right. It senses it from your phone. There's like an identity yeah. thing yeah. in your phone. This yeah. is what I dig. You wow. know, golden colors, lots of velvet. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just, your environment follows you through the world. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, through any kind of interior space, it's just sort of conforming, especially when you get into the whole, like, you know, the new cyborg arm that, that's, that, that they have where you're controlling it with your thoughts, you know, and this new right. way of controlling that, things. That exists, right? So now yeah. you sit in some room and you just imagine shapes. That form out of the ground. You know, you just sit there and think about different shapes that you'd like to build in that space. And it's going to be probably just like images that you can download from online. You could probably download the ideas for yeah. future yeah. Like you could say, I'm going to download the inside of Smaug's gold chamber. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can yeah. put that all over your walls. Reminds me be. of these these Japanese sex hotels. You know about these? Because in Japan, nobody has privacy, so there are sex motels everywhere. You you go in, rent them by an hour, you know, and it, it's all set up so the, there are curtains that fall over your car the minute you pull through. No one can see your license. You don't even have to talk to a person. You, like, go in. There's a, a machine. You run your car, do all this stuff. So there's zero, you know, human interaction. Right. Anyway, they've got theme rooms. 
<laughs> so the, one room will be like a Stone Age cave, and you know there will be like you know t- t- yeah. things burning, and sh- another one will be the back seat of a '57 Chevy. Cool. You know like, that whole thing. You know, typical Japanese over the fucking top stuff. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, and there will be outfits for you. You can put on your Fred Flintstone skins, or you know, do whatever you know, whatever '50s bullshit. Um, anyway, what am I, why am I talking about that? Because you're saying oh, the holodeck, the, the, the different downloads. Yeah, it's like a downloaded space. Yeah, the idea that you could just alter your home like that. Well, I think pretty much what we're doing today, where we go and we buy things, we have them delivered online. That's so novel. You know, you go on Amazon.com, you can one-click a new pair of sneakers, yeah. and then boom, you have it. I think that idea is going to be so quaint to us in the future. Do you remember when they used to buy things? Yeah. Because what you're going to do in the future is just 3D print everything. I mean, that is inevitable. I think that the idea 3D... of buying things in a store is going to be out the window. Isn't 3D printing limited, though, in the sense that it can only make shit out of that plastic? No. No, it's limited in the sense that it depends on what kind of materials you have in the printer. Just like you have printer ink, you would have materials. But can you print leather no. or no, steel? No, you can't print or... anything organic, but you can do, definitely print metal. Really? Yeah, you'd have to have you a very- You need, like, super high temperatures? Yeah, you would need very high temperatures. You'd yeah. never need a very sophisticated form of a 3D printer. Right. But it could still be done, just mm-hmm. like people can home weld. You know, you know, you can do a lot of things at home. You know, there's a lot of people that pack their own bullets in their basement. Yep. Yeah, you could buy welding well. We met products. that. We met that guy at the firing range. Remember the dude oh, you were yeah. talking to about mm-hmm. making his Make own his bullets? Own, this guy yeah. made his own gun. That made gun he gun. made. Yeah, he made the, that the gun. Mail order shit. Yeah. yeah. He well, bought all the parts, put it together, and he was shooting, ding, 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 hitting the yeah. target with it. This is the idea that everything is data, and that. Any kind of form is actually just a, a kind of universal computer code that has come out of this biocomputer that's planet Earth. So the idea is the more sophisticated a machine, and if you had something that could operate at the quantum level and somehow disassemble things at the atomic structure and then rearrange the atoms, this is all wildly in the future, but if you, you this is what Kurzweil is talking about, mm-hmm. the idea that every structure is just a, a, a code they could be disassembled and reassembled according to the will of the person, you know, around it. Yeah. So, but how do, how does your spirituality fit into that ultra hyper materialist vision? Where's the spirit in that arrangement of molecules? It fits in perfectly with with Buddhism, which is that everything is in flux and changing. So it's yeah. just an uh, acceleration of that change. But isn't isn't Part of that understanding of Buddhism that everything is in a, in a state of change and we cannot control that state of change. So if Kurzweil is talking about controlling it, shaping things, they're not saying you them. can't control the change. They're saying that you you eventually, um, uh, you know, eventually you're just you're going to die. They don't say during while you're, I don't. I've never heard uh, the Buddhist idea that you can't control it. Like I think they they would say. I mean, that clearly you can control it. No, that you can't control the fact that things are changing, which is why you shouldn't. Uh, you can control the way they change. You can control the yearn. way. You can control the way they change. Well, you can control your interaction with them. Right. But there are yeah. certain things, like if you were born right now and not in the middle of Nazi Germany, there's very little you could do to alter your reality. Right. You know, there, but you can yeah. you can alter the way you interface with your reality. Right. That's what you have. But there are certain moments in life, unless you believe completely that human beings are creating the reality on a regular basis using their imagination, and that this reality right now that you're experiencing is not real at all anyway. It's just some sort of a simulation. Unless you, which is not unarguable. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to disprove that. 
it's not just not the just that it's hard to disprove if you extrapolate from what we're doing right now as to what we will be doing. It seems pretty inevitable that that is one day going to be an option. And if that's going to be an option, yeah. the idea that it's happening right now that we forgot or that yeah. we're not aware because we're in the middle of it and when we wake up out of it, we'll go, oh, well, so because silly. They, you, you, had, yeah. you would choose levels that you would go – when you went into the mm -hmm. simulation, you could be able to choose levels of awareness. And how aware are you that you're in a simulation? And the badasses are the ones who are like, no awareness, I'm in the simulation this time. I want to see what it's like if I don't remember this life at all. Right. And those are the people who are like the, that's like badass, high level. Um, uh, that's like uh, extreme kayaking, you know, where it's like commitment. real deep commitment. You're yeah. like, I'm going to plunge into the simulation with zero realization. Actually, Give me a couple. You know what? Why don't you give me a couple? Uh, make it so that there's some kind of like, I don't know, make it like my initials, DMT. You know, something like that. Just make a substance there that anytime I come in contact with it, I'll actually re remember what I am. But is that's you, the only clue I want. Is your middle initial really M? <laughs> no, I'm just saying whoever oh, whoever's running. Imagine? Yeah. Hit that DMT, whatever. So when you do that, you're like, oh, oh, fuck. Everything's fine. It's just a, oh, shit, I'm back in the goddamn thing again. But here, man, let me tell you my new theory. Have I told you my theory about how selfies are the precursor to a time machine? Have I told you that? No. So this is really interesting, man. I've been thinking about it. I'm actually attempting to write an article about this for Vice. But um, the the oh yeah, you and I talked about this. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to get info from you for right. the idea is uh, so you could take VR right now. You can take VR goggles and go into Google Street View. And look around from a 3D perspective, like it'll interpolate that stuff into a way where you can just look around at Google Street View. That's now. But uh, I was thinking, well, obviously in like 10 years, a computer is going to be able to scan the environment and see that there is, oh, a tree here and know kind of the behavior of a tree in the wind, you know? So you, all of a sudden it can scan the environment and locate trees. Okay, let's make these trees sort of like move as though they're in the wind. And then or a dog. You might see an image of a dog. Well, I know what a dog acts like. Assign a kind of generic AI to the dog, separate it from its background. Now the dog is running around in 3D space. And so it goes from being now where you put the VR goggles on, look around Google Street View, kind of a shitty, uh, you know, just like when you're in Google Street View now. It's like kind of animates moving from one view to the next with that blur but it's shit but you could do the exact same thing five years from now i'm sure you'll be able to put on vr goggles and look around and be in the street looking up and down and looking around and then the next step is take all the elements of the scene animate them with artificial intelligence and now you're not just standing in a static three-dimensional view street view now you're actually in the fucking neighborhood looking around and then the next step is this is where it gets really weird people who are in google street view with facial recognition, you take their face, scan through all of their social data that's on the in the cloud, all their tweets, all their Facebook posts, anything that they've put on that, that's accessible by this theoretical computer, and you could assemble an artificial intelligence that would mimic their personality. And so you assign still images of people with an artificial intelligence based on their social fingerprint, right? So what that means is, you know, a hundred years from now, you're going to be able to put in GPS coordinates, temporal coordinates, like where you knew your parents were. 
go to that baseball game or whatever, and you'll be able to have some kind of rudimentary conversation with an animated avatar of your parents based on their social thumbprint. That's going to happen, man. So that's the idea is every time you're taking a selfie, uploading it to the cloud, you're filling in a tiny little piece of this digital time machine. It's wild because what we're doing with our phones is literally digitizing everything. We're sucking reality in, converting it to data, and then storing it in these massive – to us, they don't seem massive, but these incredible storage units called called hard drives. It's like these uh, granaries or something for – a time and in the future that shit's going to get ex you know taken out and interpolated and refined and, and, refined and yeah. recreated yeah. so that's what that's that wow, that's, that's an interesting idea man you know what i've um i've come up with this idea i've toyed around with this and i, I it sounds completely insane with the computing power that exists today but i think in the future what they're going to be able to do is Based on what we know so far, like based on an accurate account of all the people and all the positions, what what people weigh, what cars are shaped in what manner and where they are, you're going to be able to, based on the data, after a certain period of being collected, you're going to be able to go back in time in a recreation and be able to map out every single rock that moved in every single direction, every single car that ran over every single road, and that all of it, if your computer processing power is significant enough and your the idea of capturing reality is accurate enough that they could possibly extrapolate back into the past. That's a time machine. Right. That's a time machine. I mean, you, you would be able right. to recreate events based on the data that you know that is currently, like this yellow pad that's on this desk did not get here on its own. The words yeah. that are written on it did not get there on their own. And if your process was complex enough and accurate enough, based on everything that you got an account of on Earth so far in the positions that it's at, you could with a significant amount of data, go back in time and extrapolate how everything got everything. That's it, man. We are in the merging between prehistory and history. Like, we are... I'm sorry to cut you off. Where we are right now is in this liminal phase in between, like... We are like the, the we're going to be the low res humans. Uh, when you travel back in time, if you don't, we're going to be like the low res people. In the same way, we've got like black and white photographs. We're yeah. going to be the avatars you go to, and we just aren't quite right. <laughs> yeah. Not you know? all there. They we, were important in the transition. We didn't, we between didn't get enough information the while biological. they were alive. Yeah. Let's go back and have a conversation with Joe Rogan about this, yeah. and then they're going to simulate it. Go back in time, and some avatar of you will be like, I was. One of the it better be really good. <laughs> they be really won't. Good. That's the problem. You're too old. I think. Event- I don't know about that. I think they'll I think be able to. Yeah. Well, they don't have you as a kid. Everything. That's for sure. I mean, they're not getting. You know, they 20 might be years able ago. to look at you though and go back in time. You know how they they've done that oh, with programs. Do like, oh, like the face uh, aging yeah. simulators. Sure. Well, yeah. they've done that with yeah. programs where they age kids to see like if somebody finds a kid that's been abducted and yeah. they show you what they would look like seven years later. They run it through some sort of a computer yeah. program. Yeah, it's fairly accurate, but. Apparently. It, it's like it's like if you think about all this shit and then you imagine, all right, well, then every human life, as it eventually becomes more and more recorded, will become a form of riverbed that people from the future we, will be able to send their consciousness down and re-experience all these lives that have happened, right? Ooh. Which means that this thing that you think you are and this thing that I think I am – 
is in fact just a river of consciousness flowing through a pre-existing bed, a thing that always kind of works out this way again and again and again and is like the attention of some futuristic being is, you know, uh, beamed into it and lives that life again and again and again. And that's wow. deja vu. Mrs. Th- Nietzsche's theory of, you know, eternal yes. lives, right? Eternal or lives. Infinite yeah. lives. Infinite lives. So yeah. this thing you're in is, you're, it's just like an apartment. You're in a rental unit right now. You think it's you, Joe Rogan, but in fact, you're just existing in this kind of uh, life that so many other consciousnesses have inhabited. You know, you're just getting to to experience it. So do each of those consciousnesses live the same life or they just have the same identity? In other words, are they all married to Joe's wife with Joe's kids and Joe's job and all that? Or are they just Joe's essence making different decisions? I don't know. I I, I bet it's – I don't know. I I don't know. I have no idea. Based on this theory, it's like part of me thinks, no, I think it's the exact same thing happens on repeat. Well, I think that's Nietzsche's idea that each you you really don't have any choice because your life is going to be what it was and what it always will be. Well, how convenient. Cokehead. Crazy cokehead talking (laughs) shit. Well, no, you can, you know, you can, I think the choice is you can stop resisting and surrender to what's happening around you. And and, and it's because, you know, when you get high enough, you aren't you anymore. You're a field of consciousness. And that's a weird way to put it. Floating. I felt that floating in a way I hadn't in a long time. Floating's changed my personality for sure. Without a doubt. Because, because it. Because it relaxes it, it rests it, it turns it off. Because I was in a state where I was, I would wake up and realize that I hadn't been sleeping. Mm. Right? I was in a place that wasn't mm. sleep, but it wasn't right. awake. Yeah. And I yeah. hadn't been there in a long time. You're thinking I did about a lot of different shit, things troubling you. Is that kind of. Well, well no, I mean, like, you, you start that way. Like any meditation, you know, your mind's busy, but you keep sort yeah. of, you know, focusing it and letting that shit drift away. And then it's just darkness and. Emptiness and silence and relaxation. I would wake up because I stopped breathing. Wow. I would, like, you know, just, it was so quiet that every, I just stopped breathing mm-hmm. and didn't notice until I got that sort of oxygen panic, mm-hmm. you know, and then that would bring me to consciousness. If you which did also it more. happened to me when I took heroin, by the way. Whoa. When did you take heroin? Uh, but he fucked his cat. Like, I can't handle this shit. Yeah. Bam. Me up. Had the cat. Spiked it. His cat started giving him heroin in exchange for sex. Uh, I've, I've had the cat. Might as well have the horse, right? But what was that? You Did you inject or snort? I smoked it. How was it? Was it pretty? I've, I've never done heroin. I've never do it. Oh, it was, it was a strange, it was an interesting experience. I, I, and I remember exactly, I can tell you to the day that it happened because... I got. I was in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is in the Golden Triangle, where eighty percent of the heroin in the world comes from. Also, where Sure Design T-shirts come from. Thank you very much. I'm wearing one right now. The softest Paleo shirts modern. known to man. <laughs> you want to riff? You want to do a little nah. riff? I just got a massive. My my mother is dealing with like thousands of T-shirts right now. They're all over the house. All, you know, labeled everything. She runs that's the so T-shirt. That's so cool. Thing. Your mom does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it is cool. this is your shirt. Paleo pa- modern. These just yeah. came in. Yeah, I gave you guys both a paleo. Modern and the other is the civilized to death shirt, which which I was saying earlier is like, who else publishes or, or prints a T-shirt promoting a book they haven't started writing yet? It's a way to do it, man. I think it's better than Kickstarter. Yeah. Give somebody something. <laughs> give somebody something concrete. They love the idea. They want to support it. Mm. Well, yeah, and also, yeah. I, I, who was it? I can't remember who did it. On some motivational tape I was listening to, they're talking about an author who, before he writes a book, he actually. Prints a cover 
of the book with the like what what it looks like and with the like written by and the whole thing he has the book in front of him so as he's writing he can look over at this book and it already kind of exists he's already sort of brought it out of the nothingness into <laughs> this the is something. another time machine thing he's going into the future right he wow. sees the book yes. already existing and he's linking and he's bringing it in and yeah. this is sim- this is like what you know symbol magic is or sigil yeah. magic yeah. is that you're sort of like instead of just imagining a thing you bring it into the earth in a kind of rudimentary form a little wisp of the thing whether whatever it is you know yeah. i think that shit works man i think it is a great way to start pulling the energy in yeah i mean it's what we're doing with, with so many things with tarot cards with the I Ching, you know reading entrails all that kind of divination is about looking at patterns and finding meaning in them right yeah like the reflection of your own meaning through the patterns right it's a way of Connecting to the subconscious, which understands things that the conscious mind doesn't. You guys want to pull a tarot card? Okay. All right. What's the question? Anyone have a question? We'll pull a tarot card for you. You have an app for tarot cards? I have a really... <laughs> it goes to show you it really works. I don't think you can have an app for tarot cards. Sure I think can. I'm going to refuse to do it because I found out it's an app. So you're a virtual... No, I thought that... you were going to pull out a, like an old dusky Shit. fucking book of cards you, you got kidding? from Marilyn Manson. Listen, no way. <sighs> Blow the okay, dust here, here's off Here's a them. weird thing that's happened to me, okay? Talking about this stuff. I've thrown the I Ching three times in my life. Right, three pivotal moments in my life. I had the book. Carl Jung wrote the introduction. You know, great Swiss psychiatrist. Um, and I was traveling with it. And three times in my life is, and it was important shit like take this job or go back to Asia or you know be with this woman or move out or big shit. Through it, the first time you use coins. You can use different stocks and yarrow stocks yeah. and coins and stuff. So I did the coin way. I read the instructions at the beginning, and I got—I don't remember the number, but you know how it works. There are like a whole bunch of these little chapters. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 150 or something. And I got one that was Fire on the Mountain. And it says some weird Grateful thing. Grateful Dead song. You know, there's fire on the mountain, but the lakes run down the side and blah, 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 whatever. And and that sort of made me feel like I, I got it. I understood what it was telling me to do, right? So then five years later, I do it again. Another big moment. Throw it again. I get the same thing. Fire on the mountain. Again. What the fuck? What are the chances of that? You know, really strange. So I, I uh, do this whole thing. And then uh, five years later, I do it again. Fire on the mountain again. Oh, we got to so, do that. My I Ching app. So wait right a minute. Now, now I'm thinking. On. I'm thinking. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't really know how to do the things because nobody showed me. I just read the instructions. I think I might have done it wrong, which means my entire life is a huge mistake. Um, I would say no. <laughs> you know, the problem with those things I'm not is serious, people. Joe. Will say, I'm not I know serious. you're not. But the problem with those things, even though you're not serious, is that people say and. I, I read the tarot card, and the tarot card told me to go ahead and start the business. And if the yeah. tarot card didn't tell me that, I wouldn't have done it, and that's why I became successful. Right. No. You just decided to start your fucking business, and you blame the tarot cards on it because it worked out. Now you're, now you're convincing everybody else or some mysticism involved. Well, there isn't any mysticism, as, but it's, it's a projection of yourself. That's right. what it is. Of your own subconscious. could have been just as easy the other way. It's you make choices, you live your life, and then you justify those choices based on the success of your life. Sure. But your success is based on you figuring your surroundings out. You'd figure surroundings out if you went left or if you went right. The idea that you can only find success by one road is so self-limiting and stupid that you shouldn't entertain those thoughts in the first place. Right. It's like people saying like they found their soulmate. Yeah. I don't mean to be anti-romantic, but you got a lot of soulmates out there, Listen, brother. There's a lot of chicks out there that are super cool. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you find just, one, like just yeah, shut up about it. I mean, it. look, it's, it's nice if you're happy, but let's be yeah. honest. There's a lot of chicks out there that are super 
super cool. Soulmates. Yeah. Just like this, like the idea Fucking that a woman soulmate. would find the perfect guy. I don't know about that. I think there's no. a lot of. She's probably like some other dick. There's probably a lot of cool guys out there, man. You know, the idea that you're the only cool guy that, that your woman the is ever going to meet. You're the coolest, the only one. Encounter. You're the Elvis of all humanity. <laughs> hey, yeah. speaking of dicks, I got a new nickname Whoa, for mine. Whoa, he just lifted his leg up when he said that. What's your nickname? Girth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have friends in low places? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best friends. Yeah. <sighs> I, Duncan, life. I feel like I interrupted you. Oh, you were going to do something with the tarot card. It's not a real tarot card. It's not real. superstitious. You want to break out some cards? We don't want to invite cards. evil into the room. It's not evil. Let's do a drawing right now. By the way, can I make a public service <laughs> announcement? Do you guys know about growers versus showers? Since we already talked about circumcision, yeah. Is that lo- real? Oh yeah, it's real. Fuck yeah. What oh, is yeah? that? It's that human beings. There are two sort of dick. Um, uh, physiologies. One is that the the non-erect penis just hangs down, and then when it gets erect, it fills up and, and is erect, right? The other is that when the penis is no longer, is not erect, it retreats into the body, so it's smaller, mm. right? So one just changes size up down, I mean, just changes position up down, and the other grows and retracts. And a lot of young guys don't know this. Uh, so they think they have small dicks. Or they think the other guy's got a small dick because they've never seen it erect. And they don't understand when that guy gets a heart on it, it's as big as his dick. And a lot of kids in high schools and young kids don't know this shit. And it's important for them to know it. So there it is. Throw it out there. That's very nice of you. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So some guys, their dick's the same size if it's soft or hard. Yeah. Uh, particularly, like an particularly among black guys, I must say. Really? Yeah. Are you the, an expert in black dicks? My wife is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I fed you that. It's like we're on a sitcom. <laughs> I never, told, I never right told you guys the story. Yeah, yeah. No, you did. Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Then you did feed it to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, a sitcom. Well, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I hit it back, man. If I hadn't done that, you'd have been like, dude, I threw you that. I loved you, that thing about your wife and the black dicks. Yeah. Well, for people who don't know the story, she worked for the World Health Organization. Yeah. I don't want them to get the wrong yeah, idea, right, right. you know. Uh, and one of the things, she, she was studying sexual behavior in Africa in the early days of the AIDS crisis, actually. And uh, one of the things she had to do, I didn't know about this. I was with this friend and her, and he was given me shit by way of her and he said like oh chris Hilda, you're so innocent you were married you probably think chris has a big dick and she goes no i've seen a thousand you know african penises and i was like what you what <laughs> he goes, you what and then we've been together like three years or something i, I was like you what and uh yeah i was like yeah the world health organization thing i went i had to inspect a thousand penises for that study i did i was like honey you didn't tell me about this. Thousand dicks. A penis inspector. In Africa. With a jeweler's glass. In the Africa. You don't need a jeweler's wear, glass in Africa, wear, brother. <laughs> well, you got to look at all. You got to check Ireland. the whole thing. Is Ireland known for little dicks? Yeah. That's really? what George Carlin said. You remember? Oh, really? There was some line about, you know, drunken. There was a bit he did about, like, uh, the fighting Irish. Like, what the fuck? What, you know, why can we say the fighting Irish? You know, we don't have a, a college called the, you know, the chiseling Jews or the lazy Mexicans, right? You, you know? Oh, so and true. he's like, I mean, what the hell? The drunk, the, what was it? The Like the, the slow, drunk, short-dicked Irishman take the field or something. <laughs> anyway. 
Nothing worse than than uh, paraphrasing George Carlin. It's so, still funny, even paraphrasing. Did you throw a, a card there, Witch Doctor? I didn't throw a card. No, all right. Don't do it. It's not a card. Joe's right. afraid. It's a goddamn app. All You're right. superstitious. Witchcraft. You're scared. All right, so, they made that app with uh, wizard money. <laughs> now, let's get serious for a second oh, here, because you guys are, are scholars of this stuff, and I'm, I'm very interested. <laughs> I'm going to say right wrong. now, whatever it is. <laughs> no, seriously, Rick Simpson Oil. Have you talked about this on your podcast? Have you no. had any of these people on? I have not. I've, I've seen a lot of things online, but quite honestly, I haven't looked into the evidence enough to know how much of it is malarkey, how much of it is real. I do know that there have been a lot of contradictory studies when it comes to just consuming cannabis and cancer, period. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Well, it's, it's hard pretty to consistent figure out what's going on. in terms of lung cancer, yes. as far as I know, that people who smoke marijuana have lower rates of lung cancer than people who smoke nothing at all. Yeah. Despite the fact that they are smoking plant material. We're not talking about vaporizing. Well, We're not only about that, it seems to shield a lot of people from damage if they do both. Right. Yeah, you're right. The very, mixed tobacco yeah. and the papers, which are fucking yeah, carcinogenic. Yeah, even cigarette smokers who smoke marijuana as well as right. cigarettes right. seem to have lower incidences of Lung. That might be bullshit, though. What am I? No, no, no. I've read the same. I've read the same stuff, and I think that's. Do I know? Well, we'd be allowed to say that we're independently (laughs) confirming it. But for sure, it's you know, it's 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 bad for you to smoke cigarettes. Like everybody, like like that's universal across the board. If you don't like smoking marijuana, it's not even the most effective way to ingest it. Right. The idea that the only reason why you shouldn't do it is because smoking is bad for you. Okay. How about if you eat it? How, it's even better that way, by the way. Yes, it yeah. is. How about you use a vaporizer? Again, very dosage-dependent. Like GHB, oh, it's yes. dosage-dependent. You got to, you well, know. I, 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 yes and no, because I've had some of the best revelations of my life on a, the wrong dose. But you don't want to be driving a car or no. talking to your parents no. or I've done showing that up too. at work. You don't want that. Yeah. You don't, well, you don't, yeah, you don't want anything where you're going to have to uh, act normal. Right. But a very low dose, if you're used to it, you can act normal better. I act mm. more normal when I've eaten a little weed than yeah. when I haven't. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm, I've become a much more LSD sensitive. Too. I'm sure. Well, I think that the, the self-examinatory aspects of it are very similar to what everybody always talks about uh, with LSD trips. Is that there's sometimes this intensely self-examinatory process that can be psychically painful, and I absolutely feel that about eating marijuana. This, the the self-examinatory yeah. aspects. And in the tank, it's unbelievable. In yeah, the, I haven't the, done that yet. In the tank, it's a full-blown psychedelic trip. Yeah. You know, if you have a large dose of the edible marijuana and then you get in the tank, it's a full-blown psychedelic trip. Ooh, you know what my friend just told me about marijuana and paranoia? It's pretty cool if you're getting paranoid. No, I'm paranoid. You're telling me about this. To think about it this way, this is a cool way the next time you guys out there start having a, 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 a rough ride, you're saying what's actually happening is the marijuana is healing you by pushing negative energy out of your body. Oh, like and a splinter coming out of your yeah, finger. That's yeah, that's it. And so you, as, as it moves through your con- – because it's happening all over your body. But it mo- as it moves through your consciousness, as it moves through your thoughts, the way it manifests is in all the things that you're worried about. Wow. So it's wow. like you're seeing this negative energy. You're being healed. The stuff is getting extracted from you. But in the process, your mind is manifesting all the things that you're the most afraid of. Because sometimes it's not just – I was thinking this. I used to think like, oh, when, when I'm freaking out on weed, it's stuff I need to deal with. But then I realized, no, not some of it is, but some of it's just like stupid, insane, paranoid nonsense, you know, like mm-hmm. just like driving behind a truck mm. and imagining, fuck, 
what if somehow the thing just flips backwards? On, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. It's like, that's not, that's just, you know, the low survival state of the mind. That's yeah. like the first chakra. Like, that's survival shit. Uh, you know, Epicurus, the Greek philosopher? Epicureanism is the uh, the school of philosophy. One of the most memorable things he said is, "Only a fool worries about things he cannot change." Ah, right? very smart. And, but we do it all the time, you know. And then conversely, Stanley, who was on your your show, and I hope you meet it one of these days, uh, Stanley Krippner, eighty two years old or something at this point. I, I said to him once something about fantasies. And like, did he ever fantasize about sleeping with this person or that person? And he was like, "Oh no, I never fantasize about something that couldn't possibly happen." I only fantasize about things that could happen. <laughs> what an interesting. That's like, a smart way of going about yeah, it. So yeah. he'd masturbate thinking about a chick in his office. A dude, more likely, but yeah. Oh, well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Dude, chick. <laughs> whatever floats your fancy. Yeah, at the not moment. like, you know, fucking Napoleon or something. You right, know, right, like that right. ain't going to happen, right? But, you know, maybe yeah. Selma Hayek. Maybe yeah, someday. You, you can't jerk off to historical figures. That's just ridiculous. That's hilarious. What's <laughs> <laughs> the odds of you being able to fuck Cleopatra? Abraham Lincoln. Bro, even you if you were cool. back there, they wouldn't even let you close to her. You Man, but if you're yeah. a teen jerking off to Cleopatra, Patrick, that's, that's right. a pretty cool kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was exactly. uh, that's a kid you want to adopt. You yeah. know, send him to college. Have you seen that? Uh, uh, you absolutely <laughs> haven't seen it. But there's a, a cartoon movie, uh, Mr. Peabody. He's a dog that's super smart, and he has a human kid that he's adopted. And he goes back in time. He has a time machine. He creates. Yeah, a time that's machine. the Boris and Natasha family back of then. But they oh, it's a new one. Oh, oh, okay. You're talking about um, Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody. That's oh, what yeah. he's called. The dog's called Mr. Peabody, yeah. right? Yeah. He's a super he's got genius glasses dog. And, yeah. yeah. He knows like 20 languages. He made his own time machine. Yeah. He's like the smartest person in the world, but he's a yeah. dog. Yeah. Hannah, he knows everything. Hanna Barbera, I think, did it. I mean, I think that's how old 60s, I am. I watched yeah. the early ones, right? That was the same net where that, that had the, uh, the the professor and Natasha, or yeah. Boris and Bullwinkle. Natasha. Bullwinkle yeah. and yeah. Rocky, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of cartoons, I was over <laughs> at Neil Strauss's house the other day. Do you know this guy, Neil Strauss? He wrote The Game and a bunch of – he wrote the, no. the book uh, – well, whatever. Yeah, no, a whole bunch a of books. Is he a pickup artist guy? He's the guy who wrote is? The Game, okay. right. But he – five other books you know, that have nothing to do with that. He's, oh, yeah, he's a really interesting guy. Yeah. Anyway, we're at his house hanging out, and he's like, oh, dude, you got to watch this. And we sit down, and he plays this – cartoon that was i guess created by dan Harmon, rick and morty yeah Did you know that rick and morty it's Harmon's new Fucking cartoon hilarious is really good have you seen any episodes yeah it's i great. just saw the one and it, it had the whole time machine and the multiple universes and it is so packed with intelligence Harmon is one of the like he is he's like one of those people who when you say you know some people are like that's a genius He's like an actual genius. He understands story structure in this way that he's just able to embed that into anything that he works on. And it gives right. it that crazy life that you're talking about. He's a smart motherfucker. Yeah. I met him in your kitchen. Had no idea who he was. Talked to him for t- – I mean – all right. I meet Dan and he's there with his girlfriend, right? Yeah. And – I I don't Aaron. think they're not going to matter. They're not going to care that I said that. Anyway, they meet me and they're like, oh, are you crazy? And they're like, oh, you wrote a book about sex? Yeah, that's right. And Dan goes, so tell me this. Should she be jealous because I like to watch porn and jerk off? And, and it's like that's the beginning of a conversation. Whoa. That's the cool thing about him hours. is because he's just he was he was on my podcast. He said something that has stuck with me for so long, and it's such an obvious thing, but I hadn't thought of it. But he he was saying if you're completely honest with someone about the way you feel, and 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 they get mad, they're the ones you know. Obviously, they're the ones who are like who are wrong. 
Yeah. They're like, because how can you get mad at someone for the way they feel? You don't control your feelings. They just sort of emerge into you and that's what's happening. So like to be able to like articulate how you feel honestly all the time. Innocently. Innocently. That's what struck yeah. me about There's that no conversation. Anger, no anger right. behind it. It's just like, yeah, right. he's that's what he's like. He's really cool. He's just sort of completely honest and always like I remember like on my podcast he was talking about, well, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a racist. I can't remember what the, <laughs> I can't remember what the other thing was he said. But it's like, you know, he's explaining yeah. it. You know why he was saying that, and it and every time you're around someone like that, it heals you because you're just like, oh. Every time you say some something that I would might hide, it it makes me not like you less, but right. like you more. Yeah. So it's you realize, oh, the very thing that I've been holding away from the world is in fact the thing endearing. That's, yes. The honesty of it is endearing. Yes. Unless you, you're talking about that, that fucking. You know, you've seen that. No, bit. that People won't forgive like you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that bit that I have about the first time a woman hit me, about telling the truth. Like somebody asked me something postcoital, and I told the truth. Oh, you, yeah. seen, you remember that? You know yeah, that I do. I, They're like, why are you mad at me for something I'm thinking? I didn't even ask you. Like, yeah. You asked me, oh, yeah, and I then you hit bit. me yeah. because I told you the truth because yeah. this is what I really think of. You don't like me. Yeah. Like, you're trying to mold me. You're trying to turn me into something. <sighs> yes, in that world, the idea of living in a kind of world where you've had the courage to throw off the oppression of other people's desire for how you're supposed to be. Yeah. God damn it. So many people carry that weight around, you know, like you're just, you, you don't even mean to, but What's it's like. What's the fear of uh, being judged? The fear of gossip? The fear ostracized. of being, yeah, looked at negatively in the community. Like, oh, you know what Duncan does? He wears a ball gag. <gasps> right. And then you talk to a guy like, I like being ball gagged. I like being, you're like, I do too. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't fine. care. I like it. This is what I like. Fine. I like getting my feet massaged. Like, me too. Yeah. Like, there's something, like, why is that a weird, why is one weird and the other one's not? They're both fucking weird. It's just as weird to want to get ball gagged as he is to want a person to rub oil over your fucking feet and rub your feet and massage your feet. Like, what? that's not weird. <laughs> Neither one of them are weird. But the foot thing, you can get your foot rubbed at the fucking airport. You know, yeah. try getting ball gagged at the airport. Like, I'm kind of freaking out <laughs> about gag. this flight. Do you think you could maybe just give me a light lashing and a ball gagging? And yeah, come in here, man. Yeah. Shut up. You're scum. Swap. I am scum. Swap. I don't want to hear you fucking talk. Put this in your mouth. Thank All right, you. All right, listen, man. Your flight's in 20 minutes. So let me un unhook you here. Right. Yeah. And uh, you feel better? Oh, I'm fucking relaxed. It's like that Monty Python gag. You remember that thing? The Monty Python thing where you, the guy, they walk into a room and somebody hits him over the head and he goes, ow, what is that? He's like, well, oh, this is the physical punishment he's like no i wanted insult oh sorry that's right oh, yeah. down the road right. <laughs> down the, the hall. yeah if, the world that, was beautiful argument yeah the world was beautiful you could get jerked off the airport well, one the of these fucking yes. time machines, dude, they're going to have That's these right. holodecks, right? You'll go and you get whatever the fuck you want at the, the airport. We'll have missed the window then. It should be real people that love you and jerk you off. Well, well you're asking okay, for people to minute. jerk you off at the airport wait who love really you. Really kind, super sweet people who just exude love. You've been trained and to love. They come in and there's these beautiful people and they hug you and they smell great and they're clean and they're giving you a massage and they jerk you off. Somebody and they was do it because me, they care about you. They do it because they're nice and they want your money too. But this do you have that. a bit about this? Somebody, I heard somebody no. telling a story recently about like going to this place for hand you jobs, should. and the the woman was like this really <laughs> nice Korean, fifty year old 
who no. talked about her kids and stuff. Oh, that's sweet. I don't she was jerking him off? Well, not maybe Whoa, while, but like killer. afterwards, you know. Nothing and kills and he boners. developed this affectionate relationship with her. I told you that story. You're with talking you? about me telling you the time I got... <laughs> don't tell the story online. I don't oh. care. I've talked about it before on my podcast because I was... So it was Duncan. Uh, Would you say... Was it you? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I got... When I, when I went to get my first happy ending massage, I'd never done it before. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I want to see what it's like. I'm, I'm in... I remember like... I remember the moment, the decision. Like, you know, Tony Robbins says... Action is a decision you make in your mind. Like I remember when that, when the key, mm, like, yeah. I'm doing this. Like where you're gonna jump off a high thing. That moment yeah, where you're, you're like, gonna jump. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna go get jerked off at a massage parlor. <laughs> and I remember like looking at myself in the mirror and like thinking, well, you're a criminal. You're like, you're a, criminal. You're a sex criminal. And then driving there, and I'm excited, and I'm like, I really am feeling evil. That was the main thing. I'm like feeling like, oh yeah, this is you're really off the rails. This was this was like was a dirty boy. This was when my this is after my mom had died and I'd gone a little crazy and I was like I just mm. I want I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let myself do whatever I want right now because I'm I'm out of my mind and there's some kind of like you know it's an excuse really it's like there's probably no no connection at all but well you're looking for comfort man yeah trying to distract yourself a little yeah. bit but it was more than that man it was this insane like oh I've really this is it was rebellion or it was you weird. were a dirty boy dirty boy so I got I got there and um you know I still see my mom's ghost and my mom was sitting in the car with me you know whispering you're gonna get jerked off son I'm so proud of you I'm just kidding, you guys. Obviously. <laughs> I was going to let that one float. <laughs> well, are, are we, are... I'm just trying to say something so awful. <laughs> this, this is like dead zone ping pong here. Next time, you got you to gotta leave the two of us stunned for 20 seconds. I don't have it in me, man. I'm done. You <laughs> said Joe. the most controversial shit I've ever gotten you. I can't. But um, he has a thing he does where he's just got this extra, like, 2% glimmer in his eye where he's about to say something I, really funny. Yeah. And I just go, oh, really? I just know him too well. Well, I couldn't see. He's looking at you. There's I'm... a guy that I know that'll do that right before he brags. Uh-huh. He has this glimmer, and I'm like, uh-huh. I, I always say, comes. please don't do it. <laughs> and then I'll tell you about, you know, his Lamborghini. Uh-huh. Like, uh, right before he does so it. So it's like a, a poker glimmer. tell. It's totally a poker tell. Yeah. I wish I was good at poker just to find out if I could uh, pick up signals from people. I think that would be the coolest thing about poker. The, the bad thing would be how addictive it is. it is, but the cool thing would be if you could really like see something in a person and you were confirmed. I would like to know, you know I used what, to what play poker is. every Sunday from like 5 p.m. till 11 or midnight with the same dudes every week for probably four years in Barcelona. So you get to know I them. I miss it. I miss it. Yeah. Ah. Because of what you're saying, like some of the guys are really good at like remembering how many cards are on the table. They've seen the jack of hearts before, therefore he can't have the straight because the jack of hearts is out and da, 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 like right. that kind of thing. Right. right? I'm terrible at that, especially because I would go there and get stoned and drink beer all night. <laughs> you know, there's always joints going around and yeah. beers and like so fuck yeah. remembering anything. But what I could hold on and sometimes win because of what you're saying, I could I could read people. I, and the whole thing about poker is 
lying and detecting lies. Are you allowed to wear a welder's mask when you play poker? <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes Seriously. The, it makes token a joint kind of different. Or an executioner's hood with a slit with sunglasses. Well, they can still see, oh, the sunglasses. Are you allowed well, to ben, do that? All right, like, here's the thing. Uh, serious question in a way. Ben Affleck just got kicked out of this casino in Vegas, right? What? Yeah. They kicked Ben Affleck ben out of Affleck the casino? Ben Affleck out, out of the casino and his, and his movie star wife or whatever because he was winning too much at the blackjack table and they decided he was counting cards wow. it's illegal to count cards even though they're, they're using like five decks right wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. Ben, they, they kick ben affleck yeah. out for counting cards ben That's affleck is cool. world-class poker player is he really super world-class poker player yeah no kidding yeah wow. like he sits at the big table at, in vegas in these competitions ends up like out of five thousand dudes he's like one of the top dozen you know and the wow. final yeah he's really really good that's incredible. So yeah. he's, but he's good at blackjack too. Like he knows right. how to count. You can well, count th- five decks. Well, I guess so. Yeah, I'm not sure it's exactly five decks, but it's multiple decks in the same game, right? Holy and shit. Uh, but what what pisses me off about that is like if you can do that, you ought to be able to fucking win. Especially if you're Ben Affleck, because that's yeah. bringing you know people to your casino. I would think that that would bring incredible amounts of people yeah. to the casino to know that you could go watch Ben Affleck gamble and, and win. count cards. Well, even if he wasn't yeah. gambling or counting cards, yeah. just the fact that he's there, I would think that would be worth it's millions of dollars move in by publicity. Management. Yeah. Well, the but other thing it's is a lot of money, right? So, but the other th- how, how much is he gambling? It's probably ten, probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions, millions on probably. the table. Oh yeah, my God. millions. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what I mean, not in it, not in any given hand, right? But over an hour or two hours, that's a lot of money that piles up. What Dana White, Dana but what White's pisses me off is they the win. Palms because he, Same thing? He's won too much money. Yeah. He, he's been kicked out of the palms. He's won as much as $7 million in a night. And he's, How do they kick you out? What do they say? So you can't come here anymore. Or they say, he's done, they've done that to him, or they cut your credit. Like, a guy like that, like, it's connected to his bank account. You know, like, right. they say, hey, look, you know, obviously, he's got a lot of money, you know, or it's correlated by his bank account. You know, this guy's worth, you know, X amount of money. He's good for a million dollars on an account. Right. And so they apparently, because he, he hit them hard, like, two or three times in a row, where he won a shitload of money, because apparently he's really good at blackjack. And he plays for a lot of money. If he gets hot, he'll win a lot of money. He's lost as much as a million, but he's won as much as like six or seven million, I think. Seven million? In a night. In a night. How do they give that? They give you a Garbage check. bags. No. Yep. Yep. They didn't, give you, they didn't give him suitcases. They didn't give him nothing. They went out to the car and got garbage bags. Someone had to go get garbage bags, and they came back into the casino, and they carried seven million dollars out to their car in garbage <sighs> bags. They don't wire the money? Nope. So you're why? driving away from there with seven million dollars in, in your car. Why, why do they? Why don't they wire it? I don't understand. Because they're dicks. Because they don't want you to win. That's my whole point with raising this. They're winning constantly. The whole thing's set up so they can win. One guy in a million figures out how to tweak the system, and he wins money, and they kick him out. What well, the you, fuck because is that up with guy it? can do that over and over and over and over and well, over. Well, they're and doing over. it over and over, yeah. and that's just one guy. What do you do with seven million dollars? He takes it to the bank. I don't bank know. Of America. I never asked him. I never asked him. It's one of those questions where I felt like if, if I, you know, if he wanted me to know, he'd tell me. Have you seen the video of the Mexican drug lord's house that had all those stacks oh, of money I saw in that, it? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Like, because he can't put it in the bank? Yeah. He had a room stacked from the floor to like <laughs> seven feet high in money. Yeah. Remember, this was, this remember was that one... Breaking Bad scene where he has the, the rental, the storage unit? Yeah. And it's just a pallet of hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> such a cool That's a image. problem. They were talking about how much money. I can't remember who it was. It's some great documentary on this Colombian drug lord. 
And they were talking about how many rubber bands he had to order a month <laughs> to, to wrap the stacks. And it was a huge amount. Oh like he had to God. have these constant shipments of rubber bands coming in because you're just processing. You've become like a paper processing plant. Yeah. It's just paper. Yeah, you're but just stacking paper and stacking numbering paper. them. And you've got them. dozens yeah. of people working for you with your hundreds. Who you have to convince not to go home with your hundreds. In yeah, and pockets. how could you ever possibly have an accurate account of yeah. how many dollar bills are actually in that stack? Never could. I mean, you could get to the, the last row and 15 fucking stacks down. It's, there's three hundreds that are missing, yeah. and they're who, replaced who with paper. I'm pretty the- sure you take your money ca- counters out back to your wild pigs that devour the bodies right. of people who tried to steal your money. And you just say, check out these wild pigs. These are my, these are my pigs. Yeah. And then anyone when I kill, I throw them in there. Sometimes while they're still alive and the pigs eat them. Well, a lot of times what they do is they make people work naked. Yeah. That's what they do in Coke, in, uh, Coke, Coke yeah. places. What? They make all the women work naked. That was in Goodfellas. Because uh, when you're working naked, you're not going to have any clothes on. You won't be able to stuff what? anything I up your cooter. I don't remember that from Goodfellas. I'm that's what, that up. That's what Bennett does in Chiang Mai, right? Uh, yeah, different. I don't know. <laughs> was it New Jack City, maybe? Was it New Jack City? It was one, one, I, one of those drug Johnny dealer Depp, movies. Was Johnny Depp in one? Might have been. That Might have one, been that one where you, know you played about? the undercover mobster. Yeah. What was that movie? Do you remember? I don't know. It was, it's a good a, movie, it's though. It's the dude's name, I Al think. Al Pacino. And yeah, him. Al Pacino's in it. Uh, Johnny so Darko? No, Johnny no, Dark? no, no, no. No, Donnie Darko Donnie was that Darko, movie yeah. with Jake Glill and the lol. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Man, don't but know. that's so weird to imagine a room full of naked women manufacturing cocaine. Donnie Brasco. Ah, uh, Donnie Brasco. Thank you, Jamie. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, all right. So speaking of weird, I think the theme was bizarre shit that's happening these days. You're so organized. Look, he's got I, notes. I got shit. notes and stuff. I take this really I seriously. I well, you asked us seriously. before. We never even got to it. Whether or not what? you prepare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we well, never I even... don't. I I never prepared like when I came in to talk with you because I figured we'll talk about the book or whatever. Right. right? You know, so it's spontaneous. Um, and I don't prepare when you guys are doing the po- this podcast, mm-hmm. but doing it myself, I thought yeah, I should like have shit to talk about. I mean, you know, not with you guys, it's hanging out with friends, so shit happens, right? right? Yeah. And you're both live wires, so there's never any need for that. But I, I, yeah, I took some notes, you know, like shit that might be interesting. I, you saw I asked on Twitter, like, is there anything I should – and you said yes. pizza versus spaghetti. That yeah. was your suggestion? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> Stupid fucking suggestion. No, that I was, was thinking it's actually a, comedian, a pretty good suggestion. <laughs> He's a fucking comedian. It's a good that's suggestion. what we do. We say, we say shit that's inappropriate. Pizza's I, I, better. I thought of another name for the podcast, but it's probably – because we're – you, I've got a working title, the Tripodcast. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. You've got the Shrimp Parade. I have another name. I thought up one today, the Philosopher's Stoned. That sounds so corny. It like is we're corny. about to put out a really bad book, <laughs> or, or bad, I was thinking a record. Like and we play uh, at the Renaissance Festival. What about this? <laughs> what do you guys think of this for the name? Lord Carrington's Three Little Pretty Pals. Uh. <laughs> I like Old Men in Snow. I like Shrimp Parade. Shrimp Parade's funny. What I like about the shrimp parade is it's it's so ridiculous. Like, automatically, you it's have to. It's beyond corny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous that automatically you have to abandon any idea 
that you know you're, sure. you're dealing with like a serious yeah, show. Like right. I don't like it when they fuck around too much. I like it when they go into serious philosophical yeah. discussions. It's called the shrimp parade. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> no one can take a shrimp parade seriously. I also like that shrimp and shellfish in general were overlooked as the forbidden things of the Bible uh, when everybody's yeah. coming down on homosexuals. Four times as much, right? That's <laughs> right. the statistic. Exactly. Four times as Crustaceans, much. Crustaceans, thou yeah. shalt not. You're not supposed to eat shrimp, you fuckheads. But no one's going in front of you know the Red Lobster picketing and protesting as <laughs> a house of yeah. sin. Yeah. That's a that's a great concept. But it's true. It's, it's so ridiculous. People are blocking gay marriage. Nobody's oh, locking funny. the door to Red Lobster. <laughs> Christians show up at Red Lobster all the time. They yeah. show up with Jesus tattoos. How about that? You want to hear the the double hypocrite? Christians that don't like gay marriage show up at the Red Lobster with a Jesus tattoo. <laughs> wow. Like you talk about people who are just fucking cherry picking. <laughs> you cherry pick the shit out of what you think is Jesus thinks is bad. Jesus thinks a lot of shit in there is supposed to be bad. Yeah. Jesus, by the way, it's not Jesus. No, they're right, going all the they're way back to Testament. Leviticus. Well, yeah. they, by the way, they're not even reading it. Most of them right. don't even have an idea. You know, the, is there an audio book of the Bible? It must be, right? But imagine uh, that's a long by drive. Peter O'Toole or something like yeah. that. <laughs> a long drive. That's a long. That's a it's long. A, it's not a drive you want to take. The it's Book dr- of Kings just names. You're in the yeah. middle of the book and you're like, "What the fuck? <sighs> Shut this off! You're I killing pee. me! I gotta pee." You know, man, I did see some clips from that Noah movie, and how'd it, it look? It looked cool, man. Yeah, I've it heard it's cool. not bad actually. Yeah, th- there was a yeah. thing on Reddit. In fact, you could look it up. Noah like war, and it's like. Uh, it's really cool the way that they – so they're doing the book of Genesis on the first day, the second day, the third day, and they're illustrating it. But the way they're showing it is as though it was evolution. So they're showing just this sped-up version of the earth you know, growing life and meteors right. hitting. And it's fucking cool, man. Mm. It's really cool. Well, it's not like a – remember the Passion of the Christ? Yeah. The Mel Gibson thing that's kind oh, of embarrassing. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, it's just like it was – Although the the other one, the Scorsese, the Last Temptation of Christ, that was interesting. John Malkovich. Yeah, and yeah, because that was music Gnostic. by. You know who did the soundtrack to that? Said Peter it, Gabriel. Yes, and he said it was the thing, the piece of music that he was most proud of in his. Wasn't entire it Willem Dafoe? Yeah, Willem oh, yeah, Dafoe played well, Jesus. I get them mixed up um, all the time. I but thought yeah. there was another one, maybe another Jesus. No, movie Passion like of the Christ used to be when you were in college. That's the music you had sex to. Oh, I've had <laughs> lots of sex to that music. <laughs> I actually thanked Peter Gabriel in person for providing the soundtrack to my sex life. No, no, it's no. not in your eyes. It's no, all it's this like Middle Eastern. It's all this North African. Music, like yeah, like lots of tight drums and yeah. you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you have a disappointing relationship. Oh, Start your first fuck to in your eyes. <laughs> Gabriel song that'd be terrible. Oh, that's, well, that's, that's, the whole that's not for fucking. That's for splooging. You can't choke somebody while you listen to that song. In your eyes, <laughs> yeah. your uh, that, That's a uh, what's that kabuki? What's that called? The uh, kabaki? Ka, you know what I'm talking about? Bukaki? Bukaki. That's a oh. bukaki song. Yeah, it's more. You of know a what? Yeah, song or that, you know what else is a bukkake song? That awful rancid "I'm Happy" song that everyone's playing yeah. everywhere now. That song is the, the when How's you listen, it go again, sing it. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. But there's like no, a part of this. No, that's uh, Fiddler on the Roof. You're doing. <laughs> no. I'm so happy, so it, happy. Am I? It, it's I like know. when you it's run, like West Side Story yeah. or something. You know, like when you run into no, like, it's I'm so pretty. 
Sorry. You, you know when you run into like super like people who, who like tell you they're happy, but the Ugh. way they're telling you they're happy is they're trying to make you feel bad because they're so happy. Yeah. It's like it's that kind of song, you know. Like, don't worry, be happy. Did that along to me. If you feel the thing, if you like the feel, if yeah. you don't, and then one of the words is like, "Are you not happy? I'm sorry, but I'm so happy." <laughs> if there's a jab in there, like, "Oh, you're not happy." <laughs> there's a jab. That's a shit song. <laughs> That's a shit. And by the way, did you hear? Did, did you hear that a woman wrecked, died in a fatal car accident, and she was texting her friend. Her last text was, "I really love this song. I'm so happy." By is that true? Yes. Look it up, man. That was her last text. She's like, "This I'm so happy song is great," and her bad taste in music like Killed got her, her struck down by the universe. But at least she died. <laughs> she died happy. You know, well, I guess that's so. a good point, man. Better that. It just sounds like somebody who didn't take their manic depression drugs or something as they're like running naked down the beach with the blood of some some f- freshly ripped apart toddler that they killed behind an outhouse. <laughs> I'm so happy. Anyhow, uh, do you guys know? Do you guys remember Nelson Rockefeller? <laughs> Hey, you got you got Joe stunned into silence again. There, that was the toddler behind the dumpster. Joe's eyes were glazing over. I knew he was going to go somewhere bad, but I was like a toddler behind the outhouse. Like, I'm sorry, I'm listening. I've been listening to this. This is the worst place to get killed behind an outhouse. On all the places in the woods, because there's so many pictures you paint by saying behind an outhouse. First of all, you're near a fucking outhouse, which is almost always a mistake. If anywhere you are, necessary mistake. Near a fucking outhouse, like oh, you got to get to a place where they have plumbing. This is crazy. No, it's 2014. You got to travel, you, bro. Doing near a fucking outhouse, and someone's got a knife on you. Oh, <laughs> they're killing the baby behind a fucking outhouse. And don't forget, they're singing that shitty yeah. song while they do it. Soundtrack. I'm so happy through a broken speaker, so it makes yeah. it even worse. So a blown speaker, so it's crackling and tinning <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. And it's just and death. it's raining. And the I ever person, tell you guys about when I shit on the pigs' faces? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I didn't hear that. Well, without, yeah, whatever. We'll skip it. I didn't. <laughs> it was on the same podcast. Yeah. He told it on this podcast. It was at a bus stop Yo, in Indonesia. I must have been, and I it was have an been outhouse. Pissing. You don't even listen, bro. You might you might have been pissing. It was, was, it was pissing. at an outhouse. For those who didn't hear that, when I was at an outhouse in Indonesia on this long bus ride. And we pull into this thing, and there are all these other buses, and there's this like long building with 20 doors on it. Two steps up, and you go, and they're all toilets, right? But they're not toilets; they're just like holes in the floor. Uh. And you go in, and you look, and there are all these pigs under there. It's built like over; it's a platform over this pig thing, and there are all these pigs looking up at you, and they're like two or three feet below the hole, wow. and just looking up at you with turds <laughs> on their faces, and like, <laughs> you oh, know, it's so that gross. Sucks. It's I, so dark. Dude. I fed a pig last night. My cousin's raising a pig in his apartment. Oh, I'm glad that you're talking about a person. It's a little pig like this big. Have you guys ever hung out? Like a pot belly? Like a pot yeah, a pot belly. Yeah. They're smart, right? They're really smart. Yeah. They're smarter than dogs. It acted like a dog, but it, it's like the best of the dog and the cat because it, it has a litter box. Whoa. Pig nose to, to shit in its litter box. That's incredible. Yeah. So How big you, is its litter box? Jesus Christ. It's pretty, you know, it's like you, a two, it two by outside? three. He had it inside, but the pig was outside when I was there. So and the pig I fed will go it. outside or Yeah, well, it's, in a, it's like enclosed area, so it can't run away, right? Because coyotes would have that pig in 10 mm. minutes in Topanga. Does the no pig, kidding, right? is it like a monkey smart? No. No, I mean, I mean, I only spent 20 minutes with it, but it, it seemed to me like dog smart. 
but more domesticated in a way, at least in terms of it, it won't shit on your carpet. Huh. You know? Did you know that all monkeys are all apes or monkeys? What? Mm. Did you know that all apes are monkeys? I didn't. No. Yeah. Apparently, all all primate primates are everything. Primates are monkeys, apes, but mo- apes. Not all monkeys are apes, but all apes are monkeys. That's how it works. Huh. Well, that an ape is. If you look at the chain, who told you this? Online, fucking <laughs> website. <laughs> all right. Had a dude. It had all a right. graph. Well, it's not quite <laughs> accurate because apes are different from monkeys. Monkeys have right. tails, apes right. don't. Right, but they they're come, both primates. Right, but, but monkeys are split off from the line that led to apes about twenty million years ago. Right, that's what they were saying. But they yeah. were saying that all apes come from monkeys, so all apes are technically monkeys. Huh. But not all monkeys are apes. When a monkey has a tail, it's a monkey, and an ape is a different thing than a monkey. But all apes are monkeys. So it's not that all monkeys um, yeah. are that you know, and, and monkeys not an ape. And when you look at an ape, you go, that's an ape. That's a monkey. You're correct. However, they're both primates, and the ape is also a monkey. I feel like- Is what, that right? What, is that what, correct? I don't think so. I think I think what you're confusing is that the last I'm comment- I'm definitely not confusing it. I'm okay, repeating well, I'm, what- I'm what offering some, you a way out here. <laughs> no, I, no. I think, I'd like to be wrong here. I think the last common ancestor of apes and monkeys probably had a tail, had a prehensile tail. So they would say the last- that you, In that sense, you could say apes come from monkeys because the definition of monkey is something with a prehensile tail, huh, and what, apes came from that. I think it's about the semantics thing that everybody wants to- Yeah. You know, if you look at the classification, the phyla, the family, all that business in, in, a, you know, in a biological chart i think it'll show you apes well this is what it shows they're both simians it's a nested hierarchy it says apes are monkeys in the same way that monkeys are primates humans are apes and uh, i'm a human it's called the nested hierarchy that means that all apes are monkey but all apes are monkeys but not all monkeys are apes Mm. they show the human hierarchy they show zygoma ding 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 right yeah apparently somebody's got to turn this into a song that's, it, it's a perfect Disney song. Not all all apes are monkeys, but not all monkeys are yeah, apes. Yeah, or like a Dr. Seuss thing. Yeah. 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 It's a good... Well, all right, you might be right. I'll look at well, it this later. Is just, and, I mean, this is a science website, so uh, they might be wrong. What do I know? I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not right. So what? what's their point in saying that, that monkeys well, have the, certain characteristics? Well, the point is that people love to correct folks when they say oh, uh, people are a bunch people of dumb like monkeys. Me. Right, right. And uh, they're saying, well, actually, no. And if you follow the nested hierarchy that everything is a primate, and then there are monkeys, and then advanced monkeys are apes, advanced apes are humans. Right, right. So yeah. apes, right. we'll humans are it. apes, humans are apes, but not all apes are humans. And not all, yeah, right. So apes are monkeys, but not all monkeys are apes. Cool. All of them are primates. I mean, this is, look, obviously, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just reading this. But technically, that is how it goes, allegedly. All right. According to this We'll, we'll look at that and, and work that out. Monkey apparently isn't a scientific term in the first place, which is part of the problem. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, in Spanish, there's no word to distinguish the two. So I often run into a big mess in when I'm trying to explain this shit in Spain and, like, well, you know, monos, but there's no word. Simios is the word they use for apes, but simios also means simians, which is a bigger classification that includes, bo- as you say, both yeah. monkeys and apes. Huh. The true term monkey is actually a generic term that refers to all simians. Ah. So ge- um, a monkey is not, it's ah, not a term. So you're saying like it's a not scientific. a scientific term. No, it's monkey. not scientific. Ah, so. They're simians. Yeah. So uh, chimpanzee, gorilla, gabon, orangutan, you could call them all monkeys. Right. It's cool how you're an expert at monkeys. You've always loved monkeys. Ever <laughs> since I've known you, you've loved monkeys. 
I've had, I've been fascinated by them. Have you so, ever spent time in the presence of a chimp? Or my a grandmother had a monkey. Oh, really? My grandmother had a monkey that she kept in the attic. It was named Chi-Chi, and it used to bite you. <laughs> it would bite you if you got close. It would fucking Chi-Chi. swing at you. Chi-Chi didn't really? play with anybody but grandma. And she used to give it gum. It would unwrap gum and chew gum and look at you like a little fucking criminal that hung out in your grandmother's arms. <laughs> So what kind of monkey was it? I don't know. It had a tail. I was little. Uh, I don't remember anything, but I remember it was a creepy fucking animal. Yeah. Everybody was scared of Chi-Chi, and eventually my grandfather <laughs> told that crazy bitch she had to get rid of it. What'd she do with it? <clears throat> she had to get rid of it. I don't know. I was five or something. I really have no idea what happened to the thing. I could probably ask my mom, but she probably didn't even hear the real story. I bet my grandfather killed it or something. Uh, if I had a guess, that monkey was a creep. He used to bite kids. He'd bite anybody. He'd come near Chi-Chi, he'd fucking jump on your face and bite you. Monkeys will bite the shit out of you, man. It was scared all the time because it lived in the base in the uh, attic, rather, and it never had human contact they, they treated it in a terrible way they had this thing locked up and i would remember i would visit my grandmother i'd hear <laughs> and you're a fucking monkey screaming in the attic like someone come play wow. with me they'd leave that thing up there for hours and hours at a time <laughs> Poor is that why your podcast begins with that monkey scream no that's just you know but brian used to open up the ones we did at the other studio with a cat meow so oh. it just started with a monkey on this one. Oh, all right yeah, I mean, my my comedy special was talking monkeys in space. Right, you know, it's just, you know there's, there's I have a, a talking monkey in Hinduism. Higher primate is my t-shirt company. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a theme running through. Well, I'm, I'm just fascinated by how similar we are to we are. to them in the first place. You know, you know genetically, the- we're closer to chimps and bonobos than the Indian elephant is to the African elephant. Wow, that's that wild. Nuts. Yeah, aliens. You know about uh, Hanuman. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're into, man. You don't even know it, but that's your thing. You're like a Hanuman. That's the ape who's peeling open his chest to reveal another ape peeling <laughs> yeah. open his chest. Yeah, right? but he's a it's a warrior. It's a warrior figure. Yeah. It's a, the ape was like a Hanuman was like a uh, a warrior, and so he was serving this god Ram, and he was helping him get his wife back who had been kidnapped, and he was like caught. He was like igniting cities and. It's really cool. It's a really fascinating symbol in Hinduism. Yeah. You know, I have a uh, Hanuman t-shirt. Oh, you do? Yeah. 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 I sell this one. This is uh, Hanuman. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's cool. It's right. one of the higherprimate.com t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Super that's cool, man. Only, Hanuman only has two arms. Really? These motherfuckers? Yeah. Goddamn artists. So, so what? They made him extra dope. Most Hindu deities have four arms. Yeah, but he's high as fuck. It's a different Hanuman. <laughs> it's Hanuman's brother. It's, Han- cool. it's Hanuman on shrooms. <laughs> Did you ever see the, the it was it the Richard Pryor thing about the monkey that fucked him in the yeah, ear? Remember yeah, that? yeah. That's such a great thing. It's a great bit. Yeah. Anyway, the, mm. did you read this shit about the young blood? They they Can't infused wait. the young yes. blood from one rat into Insane. the other. Yeah. Insane. It's really va- real real vampire shit. So are we going to be farming children yep. soon? Is that what's coming? Well, all you have to do is just make something without a head that can never be alive. When I said that around Bill Burr. Remember when we were at the Ice House and I said that around Bill Burr and he goes, bad time to be a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. That's so Bill Burr. Yeah. Even funny with his accent. (laughs) Bad time to be a kid. That's so funny. All right, so, so we should probably wrap this up. It's what, almost three hours, or yep. you guys yeah. have places to that go, was an things awesome, to do. That was an awesome fucking podcast. That was yeah. a great cast. That was yeah, so that was fun. fun. Thank you, guys. That was so much fun. I so, love doing these, man. There's I so do, much too. Fun. Yeah, it's so, and, and again, congratulations, 500. I Dude, mean, stop saying congratulations. No, I, I don't love take it. compliments very cool. well. I know you don't. It makes you... <laughs> 
It's it's uh, anytime I want to get aggressive with you, I just have to compliment. I have you. a deep That'll... a deep uh, grasp of humility that I try to maintain at all times. Yeah. I don't accept any compliments. So fuck Stellar that. episodes. <laughs> I think you're so fucking cool with your 500 episodes. I, I don't know, Duncan. This, how many this, do you have? I have Under your 111. Belt. Yeah, tell them how many that of them are any good. That sucks, 111. <laughs> Who gives a 12? shit? 12, because there's one that's Who not released. Who gives a shit, man? <laughs> 112 <laughs> stellar episodes. <laughs> out of my 500 of them, 10, 10 of them are unlistenable, at least. And there's at least another twenty that should be avoided. It happens, guys, man. Have you guys ever had a guest on who just turned into a dick when he got in front of a microphone? Yeah, and definitely. then later you made an excuse and said that it got the machine aided or something. No, no, I probably should have. You there's put everything a, up. A couple that I shouldn't have released. Um, but yeah, there's been a few where it's like this person is so ridiculous. And also, you know, when someone's being ridiculous. You're, you're kind of complicit in the beating they're going to take online because you're going to exactly. release it. Exactly. Exactly. You know There's I mean? a bit of a, like, yeah. I'm, I'm helping you out here. Well, sort of, but it. I don't yeah. want, you know, maybe you don't want to, but you're like, man, I'm going to claim innocence, but I'm going to put this online. This guy's going to get destroyed. Yep. Like, you know it. And you might even rub it in a little. Like, you know, I tried to warn him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, in your intros. Really throw him under the bus. Yeah. yeah. Or no, after the hate starts coming in, you sort of reinforce the hate by right. saying that, yeah. yeah. Well, so, who saw this coming? <laughs> LOL. <I did>. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Oh, man. There's a lot of fucking idiots. Unhappy face. You know what yeah. happens, man? There's a lot of people that are just not nice. And they go through oh, life. online with, shit? Yeah, yeah. Well, they go through life with this attitude of defending not being nice, not being nice to the next person, defending why they were not being nice. Yeah. And then they get in front of you. And if you can maintain your balance and if you can maintain your c- composure, there are normal traits where they, they'll say something. Aggressive or douchey in some sort of way, and then there's a response, and they're in an argument. If you don't, you don't respond, or you respond with like kindness, or maybe even sympathy and a genuine explanation for your own thoughts and feelings on things, and you don't ag- just blindly don't react it. to their aggression, yeah. they implode. Yeah. They implode like the maniacs that they are because they're not going through life with a, a plan. They're not going through yeah. life with an ethic. They're just momentum based. They're just bouncing off your yeah, shittiness and the next it, shittiness. And the girlfriend yeah. broke up with me and the fucking boss doesn't appreciate me and fucking government wants my taxes. And rah! they're constantly in this state of, of, of it's panic. That old, it's that old expression. If you go out of your house and you run into one asshole, you might have just run into an asshole. But if everybody you run into is an asshole, you're the <laughs> you're asshole. The you're asshole. asshole. Yeah. This <laughs> is where my grandmother lived with a monkey. <laughs> North New Jersey. Duncan. That's the button right there. That's, that's it. We locked this bitch right. up tight. We're out of here. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Shut the lights off when you leave. Nice. Nice, nice line. Uh, cool. That's a good one. <laughs> he said, baby, what's the big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day. Why do you waste your time? Think about your reputation. Try to 
Smoke alarms will dance into the ground.